Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadist for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Secular Jihadist for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi. With me is Armin Navabi. And uh, we actually have a very special guest today who came to my attention through Abdullah Samir, who's a previous uh, guest, and, and he, he knows you pretty well. And this is Farhan Qureshi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ali Rizvi. And definitely shout out to uh, Abdullah Samir. Thanks for, for hooking us up. And yeah. uh, good dude. Ali, if you yeah, call, if you call our, all our guests spe- a very special guest, then it will lose all mean The word well, special, it will... All, all, a lot of our guests are very special. There are a few who I haven't called special, okay. but they're, they're very special. So too. people no- notice which one, which one of our guests Ali doesn't call special. Those are our, <laughs> those are the shittiest guests that we have. Of course. Okay. So Farhan, so just, just starting out, Farhan was raised in an Ahmadi Muslim family. So he's part of the Ahmadiyya tradition. That's that sect of Islam. Um, but then he left Ahmadiyya. And he became a devout uh, mainstream Sunni Muslim uh, for, I think, close to a decade, right? Right. Close to a decade, yeah. Yeah. And uh, during that time, you were very engaged. Um, You did a lot of public debates. So you specifically debated a lot of Christian scholars like James White and David Wood. And David Wood, I think, is pretty well known. And um, then uh, you gave that up. And you now describe yourself as a... Uh, a spiritual uh, Hindu mystic, free-thinking, agnostic theist. So, so you do describe yourself as Hindu, and uh, you are a YouTuber who's pretty prominent. You've got like a, something like I think nineteen thousand, twenty thousand followers or subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so, uh, your message is getting around. You certainly have caught the attention of people like Abdullah Samir and some of the other friends that I know who've recommended you. Um, for this, and I just thought it was fascinating that you sort of went from Ahmadiyyat, and then you went to mainstream Sunni Islam, then you gave that up, and then now you identify as Hindu, but not really, uh, more of a sort of spiritual, uh, is there such a thing as a Sufi Hindu in a way? But, <laughs> but It's, it's all within the realm of mysticism, right? It's all within the realm of mysticism. Yeah, so uh, describe that journey. What happened? How did you start and... Uh, what drove you through all of these uh, different phases? Can you start sort of with your childhood, how you were raised, and how your journey went from there? Yeah, I mean, I would say that I was, well, first of all, born and raised in the United States. Uh, and I want to I also just really just appreciate, Ali Rizby, your, your conversation with Joe Rogan. I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan, so it was so right. cool to see you. Uh, speak with him um, in person. But anyways, so yeah, it, back into the uh, journey or whatever, um, born and raised in the United States to a Pakistani family. So uh, exposed to nothing but multiculturalism, liberal media, that sort of thing. So that was kind of my upbringing while still being conditioned uh, and indoctrinated with religion, right? So mm-hmm. my grandfather was a missionary in Africa for 20 years. Um, and so 
in a sense, there was an aspiration to also be a missionary for the Amdia community. Uh, for myself, and maybe you've heard of Nabil Qureshi or not, I know that he, he had also aspired to. So um, Nabil Qureshi is also, I mean, he's also, uh, he's uh, he used to be part of the Amdia community, and now he's Christian? So he's passed away. He oh, passed okay. away from cancer about last year. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Wait, so, so Ahmed, is, Ahmed is actually trying to convert people. Like, aren't they supposed to let everybody be? What's the deal with that? Like, they're actually trying to convert people back to their religion? Right. So, they think they believe that their founder, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, was uh, the promised Messiah, meaning he was the second coming of Jesus and the Imam Mahdi. And. Uh, just merge, merging all the messiahs into one person, basically. Exactly. Right. Very similar to the Baha'i faith, right? Right. I mean, right. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, so, so it, it's it's similar to that, but it's more Islamic than the Baha'i faith in the mm. sense that they pray five times a day. The Salah is pretty much a Hanafi, uh, you know, methodology uh, that that they follow. The women wear hijab. They face Mecca when they pray. So they 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 consider themselves Muslim. Mm. Um, they consider Muhammad to be Khatim and Nabi'in in the sense that he was the best prophet of all time. Uh, and so, so they, they, they claim to be Muslim, uh, they practice Islam, they believe that Mirza Ghulam Ahmed was a reformer in the second coming of Jesus. The, the whole idea behind it is that it makes absolutely no sense that a man is going to fly down from the sky at the end of times. Uh, there's a prophecy about Jesus returning. And so, therefore, somebody must spiritually fulfill this prophecy rather than literally Jesus coming back. And uh, there was an Indian scholar by the name of Sir Sayyid Ahmed Khan, founder of the Aligarh University, uh, very prominent in the late 1800s. He was also a rationalist and a reformer within the context of uh, the, Muslim commu- the Muslim world in India. And, uh, uh, and Sir Sayyid Ahmed Khan had actually argued that according to the Quran, Jesus was dead. Uh, and Mirza Ghulam Ahmed kind of took on these arguments and said that not only is Jesus dead, but I'm the second coming. And so there's this entire narrative. Uh, there's there's many positive aspects to the Reformation that Mirza Ghulam Ahmed attempted. But again, I mean, I think that personally I'm just disillusioned by individuals claiming to be prophets, messiahs, uh, and that sort of thing for themselves uh, in general. I mm-hmm. think that there's individuals who have perceptions, genuine perceptions, uh, and there's behavior and language and expression that follows that. So, and that's what Mir Salaam Ahmed does. But in the nutshell, he claims to be taking coming of Jesus. What, what, did convinced, you, what convinced you to go from that to traditional Sunni Islam? Yeah, like when you, and right. can you, so you were raised that way, when did you start getting conscious of this and start reading about or actually getting into it to the extent that you decided to go for a more mainstream Right, so I would the MD community is a missionary community. So think from a, if you look at think about Christian missionaries like evangelicals, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're very int- much interested in uh, converting people because they believe that they have the truth or whatever. And so they, in matter of fact, Amadia can be credited to a lot of the debate tactics against Christians that we that we found with. Uh, like Sheikh Ahmed Didat and uh, Zakir Naik. These arguments about Deuteronomy 18.18 and the Comforter, these were actually being made by Ahmadis early in early polemics that were being made between Christians and Muslims back. What would they debate? Like, these debates usually sound very funny to me because they're basically arguing Mm -hmm. which myth is more true and they're all basically using 
nonsense and lo- no real evidence to back up their arguments. It just and it just it's just very fun. It's, it, to me when I listen to them debating, it sounds like kids uh, fighting over superheroes and stuff like that. Like what what is it, what is the discussion like between? Oh, so, so the debates were: Is Muhammad prophesized in the Bible? Is it, you know the oh, same? Yeah. Is, is it a Trinity uh, type of deal? What did Jesus claim according to the Bible? Is Muhammad prophesized in the Bible? These were the types of debates that they were having. Right. Well, I mean, it's a, it reminds me of the Ahmed Didat. You mentioned Ahmed Didat. Yeah. He was in the eighties. He was a he was really big. So he used to debate Christians all the time about whether it's, was Jesus crucified or you know what happened with the Garden of Eden. And it was exactly. it was kind of. Um, Interesting that they and it it was sort of like to me to me it sounded a lot like what Armin's saying. It's something like seemed like okay they're they're talking about yeah. Two, it's kind of like saying fans, right? Iron Man versus Batman. Who would win that fight? Right. It's kind of like they're but, coming up with a very detailed analysis of their power. But, but Armin, and, the yeah. the thing is like and and in this case, like they both believe that they have the truth, right? So they're I arguing see. about which it is. And uh, I, I I remember actually. Running into my my family, we were at Umrah in Mecca, so we ended up meeting him at the at a restaurant in Mecca. And, and mm. I remember my dad was a big fan of him, so you know he went and he said hello and and all of. But he was a he was he was like a rock star at the time because he was a he was a very very good debater. Yeah, but that, but yeah. that's what I'm arguing. They're not good debaters. They're good at making bullshit sound like very intelligent discussions. So well, yeah, I, I think, Farhan, there you go. There's your. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- I think to be fair, when theologians discuss theology, they have a way to approach the text that they're approaching. When the, when it comes to interpreting prophecies, historically, Muslims and Christians have debated prophecies and doctrines for a very long time. So it's no surprise, in terms of is this model obsolete, I would agree with Armin. I think that it's an obsolete model of trying to debate the meaning of doctrines and prophecies that are utterly ambiguous to begin with. Right. So I'm not, uh, I wouldn't equate it to Batman versus Superman because it's theological interpretations of texts. Well, so, is, so is that, like you have the canon of the superheroes, there's details in the, there's a lot of details in the world. Like, uh, it's, it's not... You know, if you look at these, some of these um, fictional worlds that we create, like Harry Potter world or Star Wars world, uh, they are very complex and detailed as well. Like it's not, it's not that I'm not I'm not dismissing it as chaotic, um, you know, just not a random nonsense. I understand that there's an order to it, that there's a system to it, that's a system. I mean, imagine if Star Wars was people were arguing the the world of Star Wars for instead of for like I don't know how many years Star Wars has been around but imagine if people were building that world for 1400 years how much detail would be in that world how much detail would be in Harry Potter like right, even right now there's I'm impressed by how much detail is in the Harry Potter world but imagine if writers were writing about the Harry Potter world for 1400 years there would be so much detail and it wouldn't be chaotic there is an internal logic a structure within that world, but that doesn't mean any, you could be impressed by all the structure and all the internal logic, consistent logic within that world. But that doesn't give any credibility to the fact that that world is real in any at all. You know what I mean? But they oh, try to impress. But the difference between Harry Potter and religion is that the religious people point out that how much internal logic is within the structure of their world, and they try to use that as proof that there's some. That this world is real. Like, how could well, all the, of this the be thing nonsense? Is they, they believe there. There's a claim to truth. The central right. claim to. 
that's another big difference between the stuff with is the religious stuff. There's a central claim to truth. So when we're talking about it from as objective observers and we're looking at it as skeptics, yes, of course, it seems there's no difference between Harry Potter versus Star Wars or Islam versus Christianity. But when you when you actually um, if you are on one of those sides, you believe that's a truth. And and to your point, actually, Farhan, I think one place where what you're saying is important and this is one thing that I uh, that in, in my experience where the Ahmadiyya Muslims have been well ahead of it is they have been arguing uh, Islamic apologetics like mm -hmm. the the actual academic field of Islamic apologetics uh, for a very very long time like preceding many of the mainstream Sunni Muslims who've exactly. never really been able to challenge on it because they've been out there proselytizing and debating and uh, one one thing that uh, the Ahmadiyya did was they started this whole idea about Islam is not a doctrine of violence, jihad is not supposed to be the, the holy war, it's an internal struggle, all of that stuff, these arguments, they've been making for well before the mainstream Sunni started, like pretty much like in, the, in just the last few decades. Um, and I noticed this, uh, you mean you know, the main, when I was writing... You mean before yeah, the reform movement, the modern right, reform because movement? everything, yeah. all this stuff about Islam is a religion of peace and everything, I mean, the Ahmadiyya people have been saying this for... Uh, ever since the dawn of Ahmadiyya, because that that was the and the Baha'i the Baha'is as well. Or uh, anyway, yeah. Farhan, yeah, it was an attempt at reformation. Yeah. For example, they they also you know a part of my skepticism and rationalism is influenced by my Ahmadiyya upbringing. My rejection of miracles, for example, I don't think that there's any supernatural miracles. I'm, I'm skeptical of miracle claims um, and stuff like that. Uh, they, they they try to inter they accept evolution. They try to interpret uh, the Quran to conform to science. I think these are major steps at reformation. And he claimed to be a reformer, yeah. as Osama did, um, which I, which I think is great. I'm just again disillusioned by the whole claim to be the Messiah and these prophecies and and all this type of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. What convinced you to go from that to again? I, I ask this question to to traditional Sunni Islam. Like what Sunni was Islam. Hmm. right? So so I remember being a teenager and going to Sunni Masajid, right, mm -hmm. and having a spiritual connection to the way to the discipline to the qiraat and the tajweed of the Sunni mm -hmm. Muslim to the knowledge and the ilm uh, the, uh, of, of the text and, and the hadith and the sunnah and the Qur'an, I felt there was much more of a scholarly understanding of the tradition. Mm. And I was, again, just you have to understand that Sunni Muslims and mainstream Muslims believe that Muhammad was Khatim and Nabiin, the last or the seal of the Prophet, as they interpret it. And I, again, I was disillusioned by individuals in general claiming to be Messiahs and prophets and the second coming of Jesus and that sort of thing. But Muhammad so, was some one of them. <laughs> right, he was. So, so now, in retrospect, I'm able to view in these individuals who had these claims about themselves quite differently from a psychological mm. and yet a spiritual standpoint. But that's me now, right? Mm -hmm. Back then, the the issue was that Ahmadiyya and mainstream Islam, they, they were ultimately, that, that traditional Islam was more of a scholarly and pure version of, of Islam, where the Ahmadiyya would seem to be an wish attempt wish. to change the religion. Exactly, exactly. Right. Bid'ah. It was bid'ah. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was bid'ah. It was... Uh, they, 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 you, you have to take the claim that Mirza Ghulam Ahmad was the second coming of Jesus seriously. Right. And that's a very difficult one to do. Mm -hmm. um, right. But he was a, he was a great uh, reformer in a sense. But but yeah, and I mean, not in retrospect. Yeah. I mean, again, if 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 they're trying to impress you with all the like 
books and all the you know details of their quote unquote scholarly work. Is the the, Sunni, the traditional Sunni Islam? They have a lot more to show. So, right. I mean, again, this is the this is the problem. But actually, instead of just looking at if something makes sense or not, just being looking at if something looks logical or not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you do that, I mean, Sunni Islam has a lot more to offer. I mean, they have they have libraries like thousands of libraries of books to fill with all their with all their stuff like i don't think newer religions don't have that much years of material behind them is that was that what impressed you like because of the level the amount of uh, aca- so so called academic work that they the extent have? the extent yeah. of, of literature I, I mean my i wouldn't say so because amadis adopt pretty much the tradition of the 1400 years of Islamic development, that you know that they'll honor people like Abu Hanifa and Hamid al Ghazali and Jalal al-Din Rumi and and uh, you know a lot of their works and commentaries from the past, and they and they'll try to use those texts, as a matter of fact, to prove that Mirza Ghulam Ahmed was the second coming of Jesus right. that was prophesied. So, um, I, I mean, I don't think that it was the extent of literature that impressed me as much as it was the discipline and the Tajweed and uh, the, what, what, the tradi- what the Sunni Muslim community was offering spiritually. Hmm. Um, and so it's a, that, that, that comes into a disagreement that I mean that you and I are going to have at some point probably in this conversation is that I value not only Muslims but the tradition of Islam. Right. Um, and, and so that's, that's probably a difference that, that you well, and I have. And, and actually, the, one of the I, things about Ahmadiyya, right? Can I get so, into sorry, that? Ahmed. Because he brought mm-hmm. up the tradition of Islam. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I wanted to just clarify one thing: is that mm-hmm. you know, for people, you know, when we're talking about the uh, the, the heresy aspect or bringing in innovation, uh, the the, the uh, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, you know, when he came and he had, he made the claims of prophethood or of, of being a messiah or being the second coming of Jesus, um, he didn't come with his own new book right. that was supposed to be from God. He stuck to the Quran, so the Quran is uh, still there. It's still the the crux of all of this. So it wasn't like he was a a new prophet of the book. And I think that's one of the distinctions he made. He said, yes, you know, the the prophet Muhammad was the last prophet who got the revealed revealed message of Allah in the form of the Quran. And we are sticking to that. I am just, you know, a sort of a supplemental prophet in that sense. The problem is that the use of the word prophet makes you hated by every other Muslim. Like, if you just yeah. said I was a messiah or of the Mahdi, people are like, meh, okay, you're just like crazy like the Shias. But if you say I'm a prophet, then you're challenging one of the most fundamental parts of most other Islam, which is that Muhammad was the last prophet. Not just the last prophet with the Quran, which is the most, not just the most important prophet, the last prophet. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you, can't, you can't just say, like, I'm a prophet, so that makes you hated by most other Muslims. Anyways, what do you mean by traditional Islam? Traditional, meaning the Islam as it's developed over the years. Traditions uh, of Islam, sorry. Through various scholars and, and, and you know, the various scholars and and, and imams and alims and saints and sages that may have appeared within Islam and contributed towards its development of expression. So, all right, so here's what I mean. Uh, to, to come into to, to, to a nutshell, is what I appreciate is that Muslims can gain a tremendous character and discipline from the tradition of Islam. This has nothing to do with truth claims or whether Islam is true or not. It's what I experience in the Masajid. 
and of the community is that I, I value that Muslims who are a part of the Muslim community were inspired towards the message that was positive, inclusive often, and not uh, polarizing the way that mainstream media attempts to say, you know, you know say when they show certain... Give me, give me an example. So Sheikh Hamza Yusuf is a, pri is a prime example, right? Anybody who's no, in the Congress... But you're talking about Muslims, though. I'm talking about, give me examples of Islam. Of Islam. So yeah, so these, so these Muslims ultimately use and justify the Qur'an and the Sunnah for the positive teachings that they, you know, derive from the tradition of Islam. And they wouldn't have if, without Islam? No, they certainly could. Okay, so to me, to me, it seems to me it's, a, it's such an insult to many Muslims to uh -huh. say that oh, these people are getting together and doing good things because of Islam. Mm -hmm. To me, I feel insulted on their behalf because mm -hmm. to me it suggests that these people would have not cared to build communities to help each other out to get together unless they had Islam. I've, I see more. I, I I have more faith in people. I guess faith, using that word loosely, but um, I I have more confidence in the goodness of people to know that if you took Islam away from them, I think most of those people would have still contributed to com to their community or to the surrounding in a, in a way. It, did, it wasn't because of Islam that they did that. I don't I don't disagree with what you said there, Armin. But the reality of the situation is that Islam is a tradition that's developed within the history of the Middle East and in the world in general. So it's slavery. Right, right, right. And but but what does that that doesn't mean that Islam has nothing positive to offer to those that follow it, right? As it's the the positive the, the so called positive parts of Islam is actually a problem with it because of it because the, those so called po pro positive parts of Islam are things uh -huh. that we don't need Islam to achieve and by 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 contributing it to Islam Islam is a, it comes with a lot of nonsense and a lot of a lot of well let's, let's let's take something like from, let's take an example of something that is uh, positive um like you're saying the positive sure. things I mean, there's a bunch of you could go hygiene you could go you know honoring your parents or or or, or what whatever positive stuff that was there oh, before hold on Norman. Right. go ahead yeah, yeah I, and I don't disagree that it's not possible outside of the context of Islam, and it's not that it was there before, during, or after another context. What I'm saying yeah. is that they're, they're, they're human beings who are Muslim, like my parents, like so many Muslims that I know, like somebody like Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, who are able to adopt the tradition of Islam and, be, and, and have a completely normal life and contribute positively to the world. And they'll and they'll and they'll say that it's their faith in Islam and faith through in, in Allah that helps them develop this. Now, I'm not disagreeing with you that that it's the human nature that's ultimately bringing this out in them. But what they'll do from a psychological standpoint, just like the the, the extremists do, is that this particular temperament is going to go towards verses and hadith and rhetoric, and there's a lot of it in Islam. It's, it's not like it's only a little bit, or the, I know. the majority of Islam is, is so, evil and dark. 
It's yeah, they'll attribute it to it. They'll attribute right. it to the that's, religion. Okay, but right. that, but that's that's completely missing. I mean, nobody's denying. I, I I don't know if anybody saying is denying that most Muslim are uh, good people. Okay, mm-hmm. nobody nobody. No, 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 Armin, we're yeah. not we're not talking about that. We're, we're saying no, that. I understand. Yeah. That. Okay, yeah, but let yeah. me let me let me. But but no, also. Nobody's the, the, the another thing is that a lot of people are like, well, these people are doing good things and they're attributing it to Islam. And I, well, yeah, that's a problem because Islam is not the they, they are doing good things and they're giving credit to somewhere where credit is not due. Like, this is yeah. does not deserve any credit. In no, fact, we all agree on that. We no, all no, agree. He Farhan's doesn't. saying the same thing. No, he doesn't. There is a little difference. What I'm saying is that the religion of Islam, the tradition of Islam, mm. itself has inherent within it teachings that can contribute towards the progress of individuals who happen to be Muslim. Even if they're they unoriginal. Can, right. It, it, they can mm. focus on verses and morals and principles that help them develop. That can give them discipline. That can give them faith and something. See, that's than- a, that's a problem with myth, the methodology of coming up with good teachings, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is that if you could get good teachings, you know, if from a source that makes logical sense, mm-hmm. if you get the same good teachings from a source that does not make logical sense, the problem is that source will not be consistent. With regards to the results that you're going to get out of it, like the uh, friend of us, um, Drew, from we we took his analogy and we, we ran with it. I say like if you have a napkin that says on it some a message, and I interpret uh, interpret the message in a good way and Ali in a bad way, um, and you say like, look, we can fo- all follow the napkin and follow Armin's way because Armin is getting a good message out of it. Let's encourage. Armin's reading of the napkin. But I'm telling you, no, this is not a good, don't encourage me to get good messages out of the napkin because most, a lot of people are doing that good thing without reading the napkin. In fact, we should, we should be telling people to not follow random napkins that they find in the street. That's <laughs> retarded. Sorry. That's stupid. Okay. If, if you, if you continue endorsing following messages on napkins that you find in restaurants, one day somebody is going to read the napkin that says, go behead your fucking parents, okay? <laughs> Just be- you, do- you don't encourage me because I'm f- I'm o- in- getting only positive message out of it. Tell I mean, like, put the fucking napkins away. So this is why you do these good things. The, the whole I- idea, I think, over here, mm. and then this part I, I, I agree with Armin on, is that... Um, it's not about the message itself, whether it's good or bad. Right. It's about uh, the process by which um, you're arriving at that conclusion. So, for instance, if you're getting it through uh, revelation that, you know, this is what the napkin said or this is what the book said or this is whatever, uh, then, you know, it, you can follow it and it's a good message. And then suddenly, you know, you're to, to the rest of the world, just, I guess, phenotypically, everybody's looking at you and you're a good person. You're doing really good things. You're contributing positively to society. The reason you're doing that, though, the process you uh, you went through to arrive at that conclusion 
was uh, that uh, there's a revelation that you believed in that said that you should do that good thing. That's why you're the good person. But if you follow that method and if you give any legitimacy to that method or if you revere that method of being able to get to truths or get to certain practices or the way that you want to live or to get to your morality, then uh, the problem is that that method, if someone says something wrong and someone misinterprets it, you don't – or not misinterprets it, but someone – can use that same method to get you to do really terrible things, right? And right. Uh, the methodology you, matters more but than if the, the process is sacred. You can't argue against exactly the process. The process figuring out the right. Do you, process, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Figuring out the right. I'll just add one example, right? Like um, astrology, right? Doesn't hurt people, right? But it's nonsense. We all agree it's nonsense. Right. right, right, but it doesn't hurt anybody. They do, there's no wars in the name of zodiac signs and stuff like that, right? But, yeah. but so well, we, as a Gemini, as a Gemini, I'm supposed to be very skeptical of astrology. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, wanna, but know. but the thing is that it, it's if we don't challenge the nonsense like that because people it's, people are having fun with it and it doesn't hurt anybody. The thing is that 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 same line of thinking. Uh, not, uh, will lead you to think that maybe vaccines cause autism, right? Okay. It, it's right. Because, which is harmful. So I'm just saying, like when you, when you, we we don't teach, we don't try to endorse certain conclusions because that's not a very effective way. We we try to endorse certain processes of getting the truth rather than just looking at the end where people are ending yeah. up at. I, so I feel, feel like we're right. talking yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, sorry. Right. I'll shut up. No, I'll no, shut up. I want to let you go ahead. I'll shut yeah, up. Let me, let me say this. I, 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 I don't disagree that that we should shouldn't challenge nonsense. We should constantly challenge nonsense. We should ca- criticize truth claims, criticize religion, right. uh, and and continue to do so, so so that people can refine their perspective and come closer to what we aspire to come close to, which is truth. Right. Um, and so, so I'm all for challenging religion and dogma and superstition and all of these types of things, uh, truth claims with insufficient evidence, all of that sort of thing. So I'm 100% with you there. What I, I think where we're disagreeing is this black and white look way of looking at Islam. Not, we're not even talking about Muslims who could potentially be good people. But we're, we, we have this black and white way of looking at, at Islam. And the way that I perceive all religions and all political ideologies and all of human history is that it's imperfect, and it's okay for it to be imperfect. And what we have to do is learn from our mistakes collectively, take what works, and, 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 and build upon what works, and refine our perspective. And I think all religions and political ideologies need to do that. And that is a very liberal stance, right? That change is necessary, evolution is necessary, the ideas are corrigible, meaning that we can change our understanding of these ideas. In the same way that the United States Constitution, between Republicans and Democrats, you have Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio complaining that the, the liberals want to look at the Constitution as a living and breathing document, where they want to interpret it as, a, as the founding fathers of America interpreted it. And I'm all with the liberals. It is a living and breathing document that can and should evolve. And there's nothing blasphemous about that. And I think if we look at the entire, look, listen, we've evolved in every category, politics, philosophy, science, mm. uh, culture. Why can't we evolve our perspective in trying to understand spirituality and traditional religion? Why can't we evolve to get rid of it? 
I mean, you you endorse change. You endorse being liberal. I can. I, I'm gonna. I will endorse my. You should also be liberal enough to accept my version of evolving, which is to to an, annihilate Islam or other uh, but, religions. But I, I wanna. I, I wanna bring up. Uh, sorry, uh, Farhan. Finish what you were saying, and then yeah. yeah sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, I think that. No, I absolutely think that there should be voices right. that yeah. are critical of religion and should be saying that you know what that this is nonsense this is bs etc so I'm all uh, so i'm all about that and i, and I think that our our means voice and any other voice that that argue similarly are necessary parts of the conversation right i think uh, in terms of getting rid of quote unquote religion okay you get rid of dogmatism fanaticism tribalism that's great one thing you cannot get rid of is the human brain and the it is in the human brain in which spirituality naturally emerges amongst various temperaments throughout the species. And there are some people who are more inclined towards those spiritual perceptions. The people who are purely logical and might, might not appreciate the abstract, might not appreciate the expressive, there's a, there's a place for those types of, 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 of minds and, and voices as well. But you right. cannot eliminate the spiritual perceptions that okay. you can have. So, so, I would, so I would agree with that. I'd probably use a different term than spiritual but i completely get the connotation i i get what you're saying and i do agree that there's a different plane and of expression and i appreciate that as well um the, the only thing i wanted to talk about is uh from what you said is when you're saying you know the constitution living breathing document and religion should be able to evolve as well so one really key difference between religion versus any political ideology versus the u.s constitution is this element of infallibility right. and inerrancy and right. it's not just infallibility and inerrancy it's actually in the in the abrahamic religions all of them and we see it more practice in islam nowadays in this time than than uh and we saw it practice in other other abrahamic religions before is anytime you have innovation evolution change uh updates new ways of thinking there are words for that and those words are heresy blasphemy apostasy right so there's so all of this is discouraged and it's discouraged to the extent where the consequences of it are very very dire if you do these things so bringing any kind of innovation into it so that's made it difficult i mean one example that i gave as you know when i was writing my book um and by the way my arguments with uh Ahmadiyya apologists actually really helped um I do write the book as well. So that's one reason I'm aware of the, the way that they uh, go about things. But anyway, um, is that uh, I, I talked about Thomas Jefferson versus Muhammad. Mm. So Thomas Jefferson in his 40s, you know, he had Sally Hemings, you know, the 14 year old girl who was a slave. So he was a slave owner and he had sex with a child, right? And he had mm. kids with her. Mm. Um, Muhammad did the same thing. He was in his 50s. Uh, he he married a child. He had sex with her when she was nine, consummated all that stuff. So they both had that. And Muhammad also owned slaves, and so did Thomas Jefferson. Um, but in this day and age, if there was anybody, you know, do we, we people give Thomas Jefferson a pass because they say, well, you know, it was at that time, uh, it, it was accepted. But if Thomas Jefferson was making claims of infallibility and inerrancy, and there were people to this day saying, no, what Thomas Jefferson did was right, and we defended because Sally Hemings matured early at that time, uh, you treated your slaves well, so, so slavery was justified. If they started doing that, people would not give Thomas Jefferson a pass. Right? Mm -hmm. So that difference, when you bring in infallibility, when you bring in the concept of inerrancy, that any kind of... Um, reform any kind of uh, innovation any kind of change evolution just becomes um a crime that's that's punishable in a lot of cases by death right mm -hmm. 
and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mortal sin. So, how would you square that? Isn't isn't that a key difference that really really changes the whole story? The infallibility inerrancy thing. No, I, I think that you, you you're you're totally on point, Ali. And that is the precise area in which the religions need. If there's traditional interpretations of religions, they need to be able to see that this is a seventh century Arabian perception and interpretation of reality. In any religion, is an ancient and oftentimes archaic attempt at reality and spirituality. If you're able to see it within its within its time frame, that this is where human beings were back then. Mm-hmm. And of course, Muhammad believed this. Of course, uh, you know Jesus taught this way because of the the the, the context. And so you're you're no longer looking at religion from the perspective that it needs to be infallible, even if it claims to be infallible. You're simply looking at it as one of many human endeavors that is, in many ways, obsolete. In other but, ways, but is who is looking at it that way, though? Right. So traditionalists. Right. Okay. So th- th- this is so the traditionalist need ca- refuses change. They hate change. It is a traditional traditionalist perspective to refuse change, and hence there's three categories of of of, way, of, of cultural ways of approaching this. There's traditionalism, there's modernism, and then there's postmodernism, and the the appreciation I think of all three is where is where I stand. That, mm-hmm. that we do come from a place that is. In fa- that that is fallible, and we're developing and evolving our perspectives. That's the perspective that 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 I think that we come that I come from. I think Hinduism is absolutely open to this perspective, and most Hindus that I've spoken to say that you know what we don't have this issue of blasphemy and infallibility and mm-hmm. inerrancy. No, right? no, but when when you have finality of the prophet, when you have this is the final book, it cannot be changed. Not a word of this has been changed. Right. Uh, this is the book for all time. This is the prophet. This is the example to emulate for all time. Um, then isn't the resistance to change codified in that doctrine? It is, but we're no so longer. How do you? We're looking at it. We're, we're, you, we're, I'm looking at it differently. That's from coming from the perspective of a traditionalist Muslim. Oh no! That, when a person I, I, reforms yeah. their thoughts, when a person reforms their perspective, they see this as a seventh-century Arabian attempt at spirituality and discipline and morality, mm-hmm. and they value it as sacred, no different than any other attempt. Yeah. Okay, but by the way, okay. can I, with regards to black and white, you say you can't look at Islam so black and white. I think the truth and false is black and white. Well, something is either true or it's not true. There's nothing in between, okay? And also, uh, what's not so black and white is this, uh, people will say like, oh, you can't get rid of religion, religion is always going to be with us, or if you, you can't get rid of the brain. Well, this is not, a, this is not the black and white this is where I come and say that's not black and white because we're not talking about saving the entire human race. We're talking about winning small little battles here, right? Here and there. And we have defeated religion out of many circles and, you know, which there are many examples where religion has been completely defeated. Okay? Sure. So it's not about, like, the whole fucking planet. Like, we, 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 we take one step at a time. And that, but with regards to tradition, the reason why I ask you what do you mean by Islamic tradition, because there are parts of Islamic tradition that I enjoy um, and I like, but the belief part is the, prob- the part that I don't like. Okay? Uh, so, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. So right. the, the problem, the, pr- pr- when you take the belief 
out when you don't believe that's the, then there's the, the truth uh, the truth claim is out right. I mean then what are you left with you're left with the art you're left with the architecture you're left with interesting history like the way I look at Islam as fun is like maybe like a, like a Mayan fan or a historian might look at Mayan culture, right? And they, they, they like the history, they enjoy the history, they enjoy the culture, but they don't endorse human sacrifice, okay? So, right. but And they don't believe in the Mayan gods are real. You could still enjoy all of that. And I of think a, a lot of people that say don't throw at the baby af, uh, with the bathwater, I think uh, like, no, get rid of the baby, keep the bathwater because... The, the the truth claim is the belief is the main problem. If you want to keep the tradition, there's a lot of there's a lot of culture and tradition and art that you can keep without the truth claims. Uh, no, I with that. But it, it, but it, but here's the, I agree with everything you said. I mean, except for one thing. It's being able to see the sacred in spite of the profane in our past. Huh. Say that again. It's, it's our ability to, to perceive or appreciate the sacred in spite of the profane in our past, regardless of civilization or history. Explain mm-hmm. yourself. Okay. So there's a bunch of things that our ancestors, regardless of whether they're Persian, Arab, Indian, American, African, there's a bunch of things that they got wrong, and there's a bunch of things that, that they did that were immoral, unethical, awful, right? Right. It, throughout history and then there's a bunch of things that they did right there's a bunch of 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 gems of wisdom moral discipline morality discipline uh family society community uh appreciating something bigger than yourself spirit spirituality all of those things are also a part of the of the narrative it's not simply all of the horrible things and the terrorism and the truth claims and the claims to infallibility and the nonsense it's not that's not the only thing that's there there's a bunch of things within all civilizations, including Islam, that helped humanity progress, and it needs to continue to refine and evolve. But look at look at the the golden age of Arabs, right? Look mm-hmm. at look at the the progress that they made uh, during that time, and look at how little it had to do with Islam. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at how you know it was the. Every, in, in fact, the people that were responsible for the science and the philosophy and anything interesting, they were annoyed by being held back by the most religious people in their community. Okay, so I, I, you know, just because it was part of the tradition of something that happened where also Islam was, to me, it sounds like people trying to uh, give credit to uh, the, you know, the culture and the art of Europe uh, and the, the Enlightenment values to Christianity. And like, no, these are just these countries just got very, very rich. And when you when you get build an empire and you get very, very rich, you start in you start noticing stuff other than war and killing. You start noticing poetry, you start noticing philosophy, you start noticing science. That's what rich nations do or rich empires at that time do. It had, but I'm just saying it had nothing to do with Islam. And even the Mongols that were obsessed with destruction more than any other empire, even them at some point are like, hey, maybe we should start building stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, Lois Edwards, uh, one of our patrons, is saying the things that help humanity progress exist in spite of religion, not because of it. Thank you. And that probably goes for the um, the golden age as well, in a way. Yes. But. Well, I, I would agree with that. That is that that it's the human condition 
to want to refine, refine, evolve, progress, and grow. It is. It, 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 you can, we can't credit it specifically to any ideology or religion. That is, it's the human endeavor. It's the human condition and the human endeavor. I thoroughly agree with that. But that doesn't mean that historically, throughout our evolution, that religion hasn't helped humanity in terms of social contracts, morality, criminal justice, it and so on and so forth. It helps, it, it, it helps it, us it, back. Uh, I mean, it, it, you look, uh, go ahead. 21st century, though. What? You, you got to put it in, in you're, looking at, you're looking at the past from a 21st century perspective. No, 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 no. Not. Actually, if you look at it from, if you look at it even, be, not from a 21st, before Abrahamic religions, for example, the Greeks and the Romans were looking mm-hmm. at ethics and they were looking at morality purely mm-hmm. from a logical perspective. Right. They weren't is- using, they weren't using religion and gods. They weren't asking, they were writing a very detailed analysis of what's ethical and what's moral, not based on what Zeus Wait. said. They were said, they were trying to figure out, like they were asking, why is something beautiful? How do you define something is beautiful? Is this beautiful to me or is it beautiful? Like they were thinking about these things in great detail for yeah, hundreds but then the thing of years. Well, I was going to say the Enlightenment philosophers, as well as many of the Greek philosophers, Plato specifically, um, all perceived divinity, all perceived spirituality. They believed in God. Emmanuel That's not God. what I said, though. Spinoza did. Spinoza, they were deists and they were pantheists. That's not what I said, though. Greek- I didn't say they do or they don't. Some of them did, some of them didn't. I'm saying right. that their, their, their analysis of ethics and morality, for mm-hmm. many of them, was completely independent from religion. Whether they believed in religious values or not, their analysis, the way they came up with these ideas or these values, was not dependent on religion. It was the Abrahamic religions that all of a sudden suggested that gods come up with... Actually, Hammurabi also did that too, so it came before... But, but didn't uh, deists, de- 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 like for instance, like Spinoza and all these... So there didn't uh, deists... Didn't they specifically, doesn't deism help you do that? It helps you actually get whatever you believe outside of your, just natural, your, your inquiry um, in the natural world? No, I mean, I think, well, first of all, Spinoza was more of a, Spinoza was a pantheist more than he was a deist. Yeah. Pantheist means atheist, by the way. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess, I I guess. It's a kind of, yeah, but anyway, go go on. Yeah. Yeah. But but Immanuel Kant specifically, the whole William Clegg, William Lane Craig argument that morality comes from it, it is contingent upon the existence of a divine source. That is Immanuel Kant's argument from from from, from the Enlightenment era. So it's it's right. yeah, but he's not part. I think, uh, but, yeah, okay. Sorry, Armin Farhan. Continue. So 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 all that I'm saying is that the human impulse to want to understand spirit, to, to, to un- want to understand existence and reality involves religious types of thinking it has and and it still does the majority of human beings perceive and interpret reality assuming that there is some type of uh, of spiritual force behind all of this they might be right or wrong but this is the human condition and my only thing is that we have to work with the human condition allowing the skeptical materialist physicalist perspective to thrive as much as Allowing the spiritual uh, perspective to thrive. Okay, so let's steer this. uh, No, I I really have to say we have been at our best. Humanity has been at its best when they did not let their assumption of spirituality or any other kind of woo impact interfere interfere with their analysis of reality. 
Mm-hmm. So whatever the majority is, we owe uh, most of our science and most of our greatest values to that one, to that tiny portion of humanity that didn't let that kind of nonsense invo- get, interfere their way of thinking. Yeah, uh, that, I think that's right. But I, 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 the broader point that you're talking about, Farhan, I, so I, I, I get it. I think what you're saying is that the, it's, you're not saying it's right or wrong. You may actually completely agree with Armin uh, here, but uh, the, uh, but what it seems to me that you're saying is that human nature, like human beings, just a reality that we deal with. That the majority of human beings think that uh, whatever that they're doing, the good that they're doing, whatever they're doing, is connected to some sort of uh, spiritual force, right? So my my question is this the the secular movement or um you know what has religion provided people right that has transfixed them um so th- there are many things that obviously you can do everything that you do with religion you could do without religion honoring your parents treating orphans well being i mean everybody who's non-religious does the same thing atheists and agnostics do it all the time they do all good there's no good thing that you people do who are religious that that non-religious people don't do, okay, uh, or don't say. So that's so, so that's something that's established. But um, so I, I guess I'll start you off with one thing. One thing that religion may contribute to to people's lives, and religious people do tend to have life longer life expectancies. They tend to be more satisfied and so on in in life in general. Um, is uh, maybe a sense of community. That's maybe something that religion has brought in. For people, that's a good thing. No. It's not a doctrinal thing. Hold on, Armin. No, no, this is actually what one of the few things that has been shown. By it the, hasn't it's not brought a, it. You ha- we had no community before religion. What are you talking about, Ali? Uh, we did, but a, a lot of those. We're not talking just when we're talking about religion. Now we're broadening it to uh, the uh, an adherence to some sort of uh, spiritual connection that a whole bunch of people together believe in, right? A sense of the divine, let's say. So that's something that has provided people with community and it's provided people with a sense of oh meaning. Okay. Right? No, it, historically, that's how it's happened. Can I say it, something? It, 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 hasn't, it, hasn't, it hasn't provided community. It has, it has robbed us. It has robbed community Armin. from us and monopolized it in the name of it and claimed uh, Armin, the ownership I, over it. No, yeah, it has I, not. I get it. Religion does not give us community. It has stolen community from us. It has well, given I mean, people a sense of community. Okay. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. You, you would agree with na- that the nationalism serves. Would you say the same thing about nationalism? Yeah. Okay. All right. No, let's say the same thing about <laughs> nationalism. I said that nationalism did not provide a sense of community. I, I, you say I'm, that? No, I'm saying I, I would rather have a sense of community f- separate from nationalism. I wouldn't want nationalism to claim. No, 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 not would you rather. Would you say that historically nationalism has not provided people with a sense of community and belonging? No, I didn't say religion hasn't. I said religion has t- dropped it. And nationalism has. Rationalism is a newer phenomenon, right? Nation- no, no, but we're talking about whether it did or not. Now, religion, yeah. it, it actually has historically. We're talking well, about. What I'm saying, about, when you say it has, as if it's create, it has is providing no, no, no. It's we're taking... not saying it should be we're saying no, no. that it has okay. historically Nas- nationalism also uses community our religion and um nationalism and, and other cults they, yeah. they 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 take advantage of real desires and needs that we have 
We have I know, we have desire for community. We have a desire for awe. We have a desire for inspiration. We have a desire for meditation. We have a desire for fit sense of belonging. We have a desire yes, for yes, being part we, of bigger. We, we have all of these desires. Nobody's denying that we don't have these needs. What I'm saying is that these memes they are taking advantage of our desires for their own fucking survival. That's exactly and, what and we're we are saying. going to get crushed I, I, while they grow. So we're in agreement. I feel like we're talking past each other. Okay, Wait, no, no, but go ahead. I, I, I agree with you that that nationalism and religion has done these things where they've robbed humanity in many different ways. Right. Yes. But yeah. it's not a black and white way. It, that is a black and white way of looking at an abstract reality that How? also involves other other realities that should be put into that should be, t- be taken into account in the conversation mm-hmm. when most muslims that you meet and it's not just them about being human it's not just them about having a sense of community they legit when they read the quran they feel that connection right my, most my, muslims don't read the legit. quran mm-hmm. uh, what's that most, most muslims, muslims don't, but some people okay no, some when they recite it even if they right. don't understand it they feel no, it they and, feel and, that but most muslims actually prove my point because most muslims are more influenced by things other than islam than islam itself no, that, that goes for all of them. We lost for Yeah, yeah, I get to speak more. We'll come now. back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come back. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to say that... What was I going to say? I had so much to say. Oh, yeah. Mu- Muslims, when you say like... He, he keeps saying... Okay, he keeps saying most Muslims, most Muslims, right? Most Muslims... Uh, are we, no, it, Armin, he's no, not. I, no, no. I think you're, you got you got to. We're talking about Islam, not Muslims. I I, th- I don't think you're listening to him properly. I he's am. Not disagreeing with me. You guys, uh, Armin, you guys keep he's saying. not. No, no, no. I'm telling you. Hold on. Let, let him come back. Anyway, go ahead. Finish no, what you're saying. No. Okay. Here's the thing. When when I said this is not black and white thing. Uh, First of all, we're winning many battles in different communities, but within each individual as well, we're winning these battles, right? Because people say like, oh, most Muslims are living this life. And yeah, like, yeah, but what is responsible for those lives? Like most Muslims are not influenced by Islam. Like Muslims are much more than just Muslims. I keep saying that many, many times. There's there's a lot more to a Muslim than just Islam, right? And you can't. You can't. You just when when you say Muslim, the fact that you're referring to so many people as Muslims is to to make them sound like robots. Where Islam is like a code that you just punch, punch in, and they just yeah. follow those instructions. But, uh, but, uh, see, Whereas the their is, behavior is not influenced by Islam. He's I saying, I agree. With the question that I was trying to ask him, right, mm-hmm. and we gotta. I mean, gotta hear him out. Where is he? The question that I was asking him mm-hmm. is that yes, you know what I was saying. The same thing. That religion, nationalism, all these things, they have been able to, all of these things have been able to provide oh, a sense right. of... Ah, what was that? Okay. Hey, my phone died. Give me give me a second to uh, reload my phone. It died. Okay, okay. It died no because you weren't tar- it wasn't plugged yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Um, so, um, yeah, what was I saying? Well, what is it that has allowed religion and nationalism and all these things or especially religion to be able to provide that sense of community that sense of connection to people that the secular or the scientific revolution all these other they cheated sort of things okay. haven't they cheated you can complain about that all you want that I they am. cheated 
No, but, they cheated because. But, but they, there's how? How did they cheat? What is it? They about they it they come up, allowed them. They to destroy win? competition they, by by eliminating <sighs> their competition either by laws or by executions or that's by tax aspect. exemptions or whatever. That's one, that's one aspect, but there's another aspect to it. The other aspect is that another thing that is very very inherent in human beings that they want. Right? Is they want a sense yeah. of yeah? Uh, you almost there, Ron? No. Okay. Another thing that has done it is a sense of community, a sense of belonging, a sense of identity. That okay, you belong to this. This is who you are. Yeah, we can. When, we can. Now, we could offer now, that without religion. Right. You can. And but the thing is that these are not things that, for example, atheists have been doing for a long time. Atheists have not been organizing. They've not been saying you can be part of this community. They've not been. They've been trying because to separate themselves from religion by saying that no, because you know, we're it's not, not the job of the person. The person that tells you that your the medicine that somebody is offering you yep. is fake. Sorry about that. Hello. Yeah. My phone died. My phone died. Well, okay. can you charge your phone because this? Oh, phone... Good. good now. I got it on the charger. My bad. <laughs> Almost there, but go ahead. Oof. Sorry, go ahead. patrons. This is not. Hang on, it's on the computer too. There's a lot of echo. And yeah. I'm just gonna say that the people. Oh my God! There's so much. Can you meet us so we can talk while we? Yeah. I'm, gonna go ahead. I'm just gonna mute him. Alright, that should oh. solve the problem. My bad. Alright. Did you change too? No, I didn't. I had to change my location to put my phone on the charger. Oh, okay. It looks right. like a different shirt. Or maybe I'm just imagining things. Okay, so yeah, my, my question was, right, that, okay, you know, so there's all this stuff that uh, historically. Right. Okay. So we don't see you. You're you're showing. No, no. Any, I can see. I can see. We can see him. No, I don't see him. Right I just see him. What I see is more important because that's what our guests, what our patrons see, and I see only his head. Here. Uh, is that better? I moved it a little bit. Can away. you bring it? Can you bring your camera lower? What the hell? Can oh, there you go. <laughs> hmm, I don't see anything. It's fine. Okay. So. Um, so, so what I was saying, Farhan, I kind of, uh, I, I see what you're getting at, all right? And I, I think we have talked about this in a different context here, right? But one thing to um, appreciate, right, is that religion and all of these things have been around for over 10,000 years, okay? Mm. Uh, and they haven't been spread. They've been spread at a time they didn't have airplanes, they didn't have internet, they didn't have snail mail, they didn't have anything. So there's no way to really, they didn't have the printing press, there's no way to really to spread these ideas. Uh, the scientific revolution, really, if you want to date it to the last time when it started and it continues on to this day, is around the time of Kepler and Galileo in the 17th century. So it's mm -hmm. been about 400 years to that, right? So 10,000 years for religion, 400 years for this. Already, the science has gotten to the point where the entire world runs on it, even though a lot of people don't acknowledge it. But pretty much everything we have now runs on it. So, so it it's gonna it, it takes time, and this is a more connected world. It'll probably be faster. But the one thing that I think, and this is what I was telling Armin when you were away, is that the the one thing that science, the scientific community, or atheists, for instance, have not been able to provide uh, to people the way that religion has 
is a sense of community and to acknowledge the identity aspect. Like, for example, secular humanism, a reason on faith is talking about in the patron chat, he's like, secular humanism is something that all of us will adhere to, right? But there's no sense of identity in there. There's no sense of, you know, okay, this is who I am, this is where I belong. Uh, it's just a set of ideals. And I, it might be more honest and it might be more correct, but how functional is it taking into account the reality of human nature? You know why? Okay, no. I'll, I'll, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Farhan. Yeah, yeah, Farhan. Yeah, Farhan. I'm asking Farhan. Yeah. Why? No, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I think that there's always a possibility of an atheist, materialist, skeptic, whatever you want to call it, to find community, to have friends, to identify as human. I think that that's completely possible. I don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. But, you know, that's, I, I always compared it to, to the whole John Lennon Imagine song, which I thoroughly love. I mean, I, I might throw myself a little bit of a hit, have a little bit of a hippie in me. So, yeah. in, in the sense, you know, the, the Imagine song that there's no nations, there's no religion, there's, you know, no hell below us, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, in, in terms of transcending identity, right? This whole, the, even which is a very postmodern notion of transcending identity. Anytime you de- deconstruct, and you, we look at the identities that we claim for ourselves, that, that they're, that they're uh, you know, pure and, and, and not real in the way that we think that, we, that they are. And so identity, to a, to a large extent, is an illusion. But psychologically, we, we as human beings socially require uh, certainty and belonging and, and that sort of thing, right? And so where do we belong and who do we belong with? It's simply finding a sense of community with whoever one might find community with. It doesn't have to be political. It doesn't have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to be... I think it's inevitably spiritual regardless. No, it's no, but if, you if, you're, to, if you're talking about transcending identity, right. don't you move into something... So, like, I'll give you an example, and I guess this way we can sort of now move on to the Hinduism aspect as well, is that, you know, you... You probably had that, you know, you started off in the Ahmadi family, you became a mainstream Muslim, and then, you know, you didn't want to define yourself by these identities that were sort of given to you. Mm. You wanted to arrive at your own. I mean, I hope I'm not speaking for you, but, you know, you, you moved on. But now, uh, you know, you're at a point where you're, it seems like you want to transcend identity. I mean, I know you're involved in meditation, uh, but at the same time, you know, you describe yourself as a Hindu, you describe yourself as a mystic, you describe yourself as an, as a Gnostic, as an agnostic theist, and, you know, all these other things. And, and aren't these just other identities? Can you ever fully shed your sense of, I mean, isn't it just like a human need? I mean, Ar- Armin and I were ex-Muslims or atheists or whatever, there's always something there, right? right? For, for conventional purposes, for practical purposes, yeah, we, I, I identify not just as, as all of those things. I'm a male, um, I'm, I'm an American, I'm, uh, you know, so, so there's a, I'm a liberal, I'm on the left. So, yeah. you know, so those, these are all categories that we, that we relate to and, and subscribe to. But, the, but, but I think that the idea is that if you're able to... Per, if you're able to see beyond the identity, you see the, the oneness and the unity of, 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 of everything that human beings and the human condition involves. You, you, you no longer see black and white people or Muslims or Christians and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that is a state of consciousness or awareness that we're all trying to get, get to. That we're, that's what mysticism is trying to get to. That's what Hinduism teaches. That's what Jalaluddin Rumi was getting at. That it's ultimately none of these identities. But for practical and conventional purposes, yeah, we have to categorize, we have to identify, we have to say that this is a particular idea, set of ide- ideas that comes from this source. So for conventional practical pur- purposes, of course, 
But that doesn't mean that we're so identified with these things that 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 basically it's my tribe, it's my identity, and forget mm-hmm. everybody else. That there isn't. But can, for, can, can't you achieve that without uh, necessarily being calling yourself a Hindu, for instance? So why why would you call why do you call yourself a Hindu? You're, you're moving like, to that. Why call myself? Uh, you know the same reason why I would call myself an American, right? Or or some of these other identities. There's a value for the knowledge and perspective that's been developed in a particular region by a particular people and by a particular culture, in spite of the profanities. Listen, we can talk about the massacre of Native Americans. We can talk about slavery. We can talk about segregation, Vietnam War, nuking Japan, on and on and on. We can talk about Donald Trump. How, how can, can, can liberals be proud to be American? Right? Should we be proud to be American? Or should we only be globalists? And, but the reality of the situation is that the Constitution, regardless of its history, provides us with liberties and freedoms that we appreciate and enjoy, and they come from a, a, a tradition. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm far more postmodern than I am a traditionalist. I'm, I, wouldn't identify, I would identify more as a postmodernist than I do a, a traditionalist. But I value tradition because it's where we've come from. It's how we've developed the knowledge and perspective that we have today has been developed over thousands of years of refining of individuals, of visionaries, of philosophers, of thinkers, movers and shakers who are who have been changing the conversation. And, and it's simply that that's how I simply see it. And whether that was Muhammad in the in seventh century Arabia, whether it was Voltaire or you know John Stuart Mill or John Locke or whoever, humanity requires individuals to rise up and speak their mind okay. and to speak logically and scientifically as much as possible hopefully yeah but those are those who contradict each other to to value tradition and to look at things scientifically because there's you know time doesn't make all things good if in fact the the, the you know if you look at it from this is these two things are at odds with each other right when there there's a there's a reason why something's as time passes, some things become valuable, but only because they went through a trial and error, and also they tested what works and what doesn't work in a very yeah. empirical way. That's mm-hmm. not what I call tradition. That's called science. What's called mm-hmm. tradition is the troubling part. is is when people hold on to things because they're old, because they have been along, been around for a long time, and that's a very dangerous. That's actually in contradiction with science because. It keeps it, it does trial and error, but it also keeps errors because they're old. Like it doesn't, right. it, it's actually moves. It, it's a, it's something that hinders progress. When I I think when you when you hold on to tradition, um, so so. But and another thing I wanted to say is with, with, when you, because Ali kind of is switching to Hinduism, and after this I want to focus on Hinduism uh, because I want to know why you need to call yourself a Hindu, uh, sure. but. Uh, but you know one reason why uh, Ali non-religious communities haven't uh, effectively offered those things is because of mono- the monopoly that religion has over those things. So a lot of people are like, oh, we need religion because look, the non-religious community doesn't offer these things as much. Yeah, be- because religion is, has such a tight grip over these things. Really, if you move, I mean, in places where religion doesn't exist anymore, you don't see people 
jumping off rooftop from depressions. In fact, some of them are the most happiest places on earth. Um, if you remove these, the market will offer services because if there's a need, people will offer services that meets those needs. The, this claim that religion, we need religion because look, without religion, we don't see anyone offering any of these. That's oh, no, I, I don't think anybody's saying, <laughs> we're not saying we need religion. Yeah. We're not saying we need no, religion. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm we're saying... We're talking about historically. No, historically, Ali, you're saying yeah. that you and Reason on Faith, or, I think, I don't know, I didn't read exactly what it said uh, in the live chat, but you were saying that, oh, we can't build identity or community or something. No, the no, I didn't say, no, no, a, no, no, no. Did not say that. I did not say that. I didn't say you can't build identity and community. I said historically, the the what the reason that religion, you know, talking about religion has always had a monopoly over it. The one of the big reasons that religions has had monopolies over it. It's not just because of the violence and the apostasy and the killing and everything. One of the reasons that so many people adhere to it to this day and haven't let it go is because historically it has provided. Um, some of the basic things that human nature just craves, and that's a sense of identity and yeah. social community. But, but the, I'm not saying that you can't build it without it. I'm just saying right, that historically course. that has happened, and that's yeah. what I credit. say is that we can do even not only we can do we can offer these things without religion. I, I agree with you. No, I wait, wait. Yeah. I wasn't, but the second part is yeah. that I actually think without religion we would do a much better job at addressing I agree these. Agree with you. I agree. That's what that was my point when I was okay. saying that scientific revolution is only 400 years old but yeah. as it goes on right yeah. i mean we've got a ten thousand year history of religion to contend with but historically we're just saying that you can't deny right. that uh, okay. religion has but, but here's the, let me add something so i do think that regardless of who we are whether we're individual or communal i think that we need some type of coherent framework from which we operate there needs to be some type of philosophical practical methodological framework from which we as individuals and as, and as humans operate and this could involve a number of social contracts and and social dynamics but ultimately there needs to be social cohesion at various levels from the, from the from the family to community to broader to broader subcultures that we have we are social animals and require these things the, the, it not, but, but not only has, it, has religion played a role um, um, historically, but there is the continuation of the human yearning for me, existential meaning and understanding who we are, whether there's a purpose or for, for life or not. And, you know, the existential questions that all humans can naturally come to, particularly when faced with death and illness and so on and so forth. So there, there's certain elements that will not go away, that cannot go away, given the human condition. Right. And we have to figure out a way to refine what, tr what traditional religion has provided us for thousands of years. The other thing that I do want to mention have. is that we, can, we, yeah, we have mm. and we are, and that's great. I agree with you. Right. But we're far from where we want to be collectively when right. it comes to spirituality and I meaning will, and existential uh, stuff. And we but, yeah, no, I, sorry, yeah, yeah. we will yeah, move yeah, faster towards or without religion. Go on, sorry. But, but Farhan, go ahead. Right. The other thing is an ability to look at the past, including all of these traditions, with a sense of appreciation that this is where we've come from, right? L listen, I know people of many different races and cultural backgrounds and countries and, and, and who are absolutely proud to be Mexican or proud to be from wherever that, you know, whatever, wherever their culture might be. And I don't see that as them necessarily being tribal, right? I just see them having a sense of, 
of of identity of where they and their ancestors have come from and the knowledge that's been developed and and all the struggles that that human beings have gone through in the past you right. know what i mean i mean i'm i'm in huge favor of looking at the past because we don't get you know i mean looking at the past is the only way we can look at our our minds in a in a social way i mean we don't have labs built with humans in there where we could do test on them and put them on different systems and see what happens. History is the best, uh, is the closest thing we have to, to a lab where we test on humans. That, that's what history is. Of course, we need to look at, I mean, I'm in favor of looking at Islam and seeing why Islam become popular and what the reason why Islam became popular, the reason why Christianity became popular, the reason why Buddhism became popular, the reason why Hinduism became popular. It teaches us a lot about our minds. It teaches us a lot about what we want and what we need. But I'm saying we could look, but I value looking at all these traditions and history and learning from it. I just think that all of that can be done without pushing for any of the claims that they make and to give any credit or legitimacy to any of the supernatural uh, claims that they're offering to you know we don't ha we could look at islam and learn about what what the fuck is this with religion why it grew so much like how did it grow so much how it must be so it must teach us something about us as humans and it must right. be a lot of lessons to be learned from it in in that right. I, I see that but mm -hmm. we can do that while telling people that yeah believing in allah and muhammad as his prophet is fucking bullshit we could do those things at the same time but I they've challenged the truth claims that, and I think that anyone who makes truth claims, atheist or religious, that they should be challenged and they that their truth yeah. claims are, 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 are should not. So so I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. There's no there's no disagreement there. It also does not take away the possibility that there is intelligence, divinity, and spirit at the heart of reality. That possibility is always there. Divinity right? at the heart of reality. What does that mean? Meaning that what's holding all of reality together, that's what, what's bringing about our evolution, that there's some type of intelligence to it. There could be. Well, I so mean, there, we I don't could, think, we, we I don't, could. I don't think dismissing that possibility and rejecting it totally is, is necessarily productive. Well, I mean, the Big Bang could be a giant turtle's fart, for all we know. It could be. Like, there's right, so many things we could have to look at. Right. We would have to see where the evidence leads us. Yeah, exactly, and it doesn't lead, it doesn't lead to intelligence or a giant. But can we? Uh, but you're, if you're saying that uh, if you're saying that divinity is part of our reality, right? Then that that's there's no evidence that has led to that yet. So is it? So I know that you describe yourself as agnostic, as as right. we do, right? Mm -hmm. So let's get to the. But you also describe yourself as an agnostic theist part. So I just want to kind of get to. Um, so so what is it that? When you left uh, uh, mainstream Sunni Islam, for whatever reason, first of all, what were those reasons uh, right. that made you leave? And uh, the second thing is, uh, did you um, explore Christianity? Did you explore any other faiths uh, before settling on Hinduism, um, or did you, or, or did you just? The, the, how, how did you arrive at that? Sure. Well, I mean, well, a couple of a couple of different things, you know. So, when I left Islam, I left Islam, and I didn't embrace any religion or tradition or anything. I was pretty much an agnostic theist. Uh, I believed in pluralism and universalism that all human beings are experiencing uh, meaning and spirit and and express and, and express themselves accordingly. 
it, that's still my perspective to this day. This is a universal phenomenon that is, that is inclusive of atheist agnostics. It's, it's erroneous of what you believe or profess about reality that you're that you're experiencing something that's meaningful. Um, now, now, when the, so that was when I first left Islam, right? And so then I had started getting into meditation and mindfulness and yoga. I, I went uh, and did a retreat in Peru uh, on ayahuasca, had the experience of non-duality, of being one with all that is. Is your hand uh, covering the mic, do you think? Oh, my bad. Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably was. Probably Go was. Ahead. So, yeah. So, so I started exploring meditation, mindfulness, yoga, uh, and specifically non-duality af- after having gone to Peru and experiencing ayahuasca uh, and psilocybin, uh, the mushroom. And mm-hmm. so... The exp- the Sounds a, a lot like Sam Harris's uh, sort Wait, of did you say history. Yeah, yeah, Sam Harris the, with hallucinogens, right? But go on. Right. So, so those experiences on on the plant medicines uh, definitely opened me up to to a, a description that Hinduism described, if you will, particularly the uh, the the philosophy of Advaita Vedanta, which describes reality as being non-dual, a monist, a monist way of looking at reality. Um, and that is feeling one with or experiencing oneness with the universe and all that is a, a sort of thing, uh, an experience that can't be described with words, to be honest with you. And so it was, it was more than anything, it was probably that experience, but it was also the application of meditation, mindfulness, yoga, and that sort of thing. Um, and then I had started studying Buddhism and Hinduism from a traditional perspective, um, and I started to really appreciate the perspectives of, of these great yogis and mystics. Not, not to exclude, you know, what the Chinese traditions of Taoism is a perfect articulation of the non-dual experience as well. There's a lot of it in, in shamanism and, and other cultures. The Greeks did, did, did a good job at, well, they did a decent job. Plato's subjective idealism focuses on, ma- on the mind rather than consciousness, but that's a different mm-hmm. philosophical conundrum. But the idea is that this is... Be mindful of your hand. I think you keep going and getting closer. Okay, no, yeah. So right now, it's not only... So this is a perennial experience across traditions, this experience of oneness, being one with God. So when Jesus says, the Father and I are one, from the perennial perspective, that makes complete sense. From mm-hmm. somebody who's experienced it on psilocybin mushrooms, that makes complete sense. Because it's, it's a subjective experience. The problem from, from from the empirical standpoint, which is what the materialists come from, is a denial of subjectivity. It is, and, and it very much traditionally you go back to the Greeks, Aristotle with with objective uh, materialism or realism versus subjective idealism. This is the real conversation that needs to take place between mm-hmm. people who are quote unquote spiritual and people who are who are quote unquote materialists. Not whether there is a God out there who is judging you from the outside and sending prophets and books. The real subject is subjective. The real topic should be subjective idealism versus objective materialism, just like the Greeks argued, just like the Hindus argued, just like all of these perennial. No, but can't you argued. have both of those conversations? Do they of, preclude each other? Of the, no, yeah, they do. One of them sounds bullshit to me. One of them, at least. You, I, no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm talking about the conversation about whether there's a god or not, whether there's something there, versus yeah. this uh, other debate that you're talking subjective about. Subjective like, idealism, uh, right? So, so why, why, uh, why can't you have both? With subjectivity yeah. itself, it, right. it deals with your subjective experience of consciousness why would you think our subjective minds have anything to do with the nature of the freaking universe like why do you think because it is absurd and irrational to deny your own subjectivity 
It is yeah. absolutely absurd to deny your own subjectivity. No, no, I don't deny myself. I don't deny it. I just don't think what I don't think how it's connected to the rest of the freaking universe. Like I don't understand well, my mind. Well, I understand. I un- yeah, everything is interconnected, but it doesn't change the nature of the whole universe just because of the way I perceive it. No, it's not about perception. It's about your existence. It is about subjectivity itself. It's about consciousness. Yeah, my consciousness is, is just neurons, chemical reactions. Absolutely struggling with and uh, yeah. and have since time immemorial. Yeah, I so know. this doesn't have to do with God outside of you. It has to do with your existence, your subjectivity. Yeah, my existence, itself. but that my my existence ends outside of my the connectum that is my brain. Okay, like but you I can't make that truth claim though. You can't. I just did. I, but how do you make that truth claim? I just. Well, by, what is your evidence that that's true? No, but okay, because we know. But that are, do you think that? Wait, what do you think about what what our mind is? Do you think it's anything other than our neurons firing like chemical reactions and stuff like that? Do you think it's anything beyond that? But so I'm agnostic. I'm agnostic. I can't make a truth claim either way. I'm agnostic about that. But you can't make a truth claim either. Well, I mean, I'm applying Occam's razor. It just uh, everything like it, to to it, to me, it seems like this it, the same. Cl- like, can you make a claim that my my laptop um, it, it ha- it somehow the the processing that my laptop does is anything outside of the laptop itself? Like, do you think well, like you, you've got Wi-Fi signals and no, all no, that no? Stuff, and, so like, do I you mean- think like the stuff that I have stored in my computer is somehow? Uh, you know, if I destroy my computer, it will still exist somewhere outside. iCloud, the iCloud, yeah, it will. No, no, on so my that, hard I mean, drive. Jesus, Ali. Even then, I mean, if you look, if you back it up, theoretically, uh, I, I'm not. By the way, I you know I, I'm what more I'm on talking Armin's side. Hold on, then I'm more on Armin's side than, than the other thing. But the the thing, what you're saying about the truth claim, yes, uh, you know, like with your laptop, with a lot of other things, um, yeah, that there are places where they can. Uh, you know, I I am not. Uh, I am agnostic about this stuff too, right? But overall, I I kind of agree I mean, with agnostic. I mean, okay, Arvin, so I don't we, agnostic no. as in we can't make a truth claim. Okay, we can't make a truth claim believe, about anything other than the fact that right, right, we right. exist. Okay, so that's that's a useless discussion because. Nothing is for certain 100%. I'm saying the laptop tr- is a bad example. So the, so the okay, only fine. thing that we're saying is that, yeah, no, you could throw the laptop in, <laughs> laptop in there. No, no. We don't understand the nature of physics and consciousness. Yeah, but we don't. Okay, right. okay. Just because nothing is 100% doesn't mean that we can't be close to it. All right? We don't expect to be 100% certain about anything. Okay? Right. But we tra- but so, 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 so as much as you're exploring the objective world and measuring it, what? there's a possibility well, of exploring. Sub- there's a possibility yeah. of exploring subjectivity and finding something there but, as well. But the way that we you're exploring it to me sounds like wishful thinking, or rather than yeah. actual exploration. Well, uh, because, Armin, no, uh, hold uh, on. Because I, myth- I want to ask. Let's. I want to find out. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. We, we know. We know what we think. I just want to know, Farhan. How, how do you test it? How do you explore subjectivity uh, that's right. outside so of your mind? Right. So there's, there, there, in terms of you're you're, you're attempting to. Uh, uh, look at uh, subjectivity through an objective lens, right? The only thing you're going to be able to measure is physical mechanisms. You're going to be able to measure what's going on in the brain. But this is what the hard problem of consciousness says, that where is a thought? Where is a memory? We don't know the relationships between 
physics and consciousness at all. We don't understand so what makes why stuff the up? brain operates. So make so, stuff so, up. No, no, but we do know. We do know that it exists within the natural. Uh, we do know that whatever it is, it exists within us, right? Like, like we don't know, like you know, the whole uh, Deepak Chopra thing of the collective consciousness and everything. That that stuff is. I, I, so but even even the it's that is no, it's not. It's experiential. The experience of oneness throughout time, in a perennial sense, people have experienced being one with all that is, and it's not something that words can describe. Yeah, so, I, I mean, making a I truth mean, claim. I, I I'm not sure for making a truth claim about the collective unconscious. Everybody has a right to criticize and be skeptical. You know what I mean? That's fine. But uh, the only thing that I'm saying is that it doesn't make sense to to dismiss subjectivity. The way that I explain it is this. The objective realist says that subjectivity and consciousness is an illusion, meaning and that sort of thing, it's all an illusion. All your feelings, they don't matter. This is a random mistake no. that is useless and pointless. And That's a, a joke. straw man. That's a okay. straw man. That's and, a straw man. No, okay, you're, you're going to say conventionally there's meaning, but ultimately there's no meaning from this perspective. There's right? a lot of meaning, but it doesn't mean anything. Ultimately but- there's not. What what are you talking about? No, okay. There's obviously what I, what I feel is there's something scientific behind it. Like the, our, our, these are like our imaginations, our feelings. They're, they're very interesting and it could be studied in a scientific way. What we're we're not saying, and they're not random. There's a lot of there's a lot of natural laws behind every fucking atom that is moving in my in my brain. But there, it's not random at all. But the, 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 what we're claiming is that. There is no connection behind our feelings and, and and the nature of the freaking universe. Like that's like this is such a small part but of the universe. But you don't know that, though. Yeah. Okay. But you don't. You don't know. know again, that there you is. You don't know there right, is. But I value subjectivity enough to give it. To, to, to pay close enough attention to it to say that there's something that that, that really could so be. If I, okay, so, so if think, I okay, so what what drove you to this? What what made you think that uh, there is a connection? So uh, that, wait, no, no. If I have a dream that if I have a dream that the universe no no. If I have dimethyltryptamine and psilocybin mushrooms gives you an experience that is utterly persuasive. If you have uh, an experience, hold on, hold on, Armin. Right, that, that it is utterly persuasive. I came questions. out of it. I, I you're asking. It, hold on, Armin. You're going out. Just you're speaking. Let Farhan speak. Just for the but you go. You go, go on for so long, anything and anything I can see. No, it's, that, listen to the podcast over afterwards. Okay, right. Okay, go ahead. Any anything that human beings, the, 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 the argument from neuroscience that is brain chemistry, that is hallucination. Anything, any phenomenology that you experience involves the brain and its chemistry. Anything that you call real, anything that you call objective involve the brain chemistry that you have in its interpretation of, 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 of the stimuli that, that it comes in contact with. And that includes anything that you one, one might experience on uh, a plant medicine that, that you know, aids in brain chemistry that gives an individual certain perceptions. So, if, so why do I value subjectivity to begin with? Is because that I'm experiencing a profound phenomenological world and I'm having a subjective experience. And it's not merely, I, I can't say, make the token that it's merely brain mechanisms. I don't know that. Okay. Psychedelics opens you up, and it's very persuasive in terms of subjective experience. Extremely persuasive. So much so that I came out of it, and I, I consider myself a pretty, in terms of truth claims, I, I consider myself absolutely skeptical. I came out of my subjective experience 
thinking that if I were to, that, that not only is that what I just experienced always going on, any skepticism that I try to apply to it seems foolish. So have you read, so you, you listened to Sam Harris and you've of read course. his, so with Sam Harris, like in, in his That's book, it. Waking Up, The Guide to Spirituality Without Religion, he had a very similar sort of experience that you did. I mean, a similar trajectory, let's say. He went on, uh, when he was younger, he went on meditation retreats. He experimented with a lot of hallucinogens, um, okay. right? Right. right. So, I mean, you probably read about that. And he actually mm -hmm. praises that. He said everybody should do it because it expands the mind. It tells you the potential of your mind is. But he came to a radically different conclusion than, than what you're saying. Uh, uh, so, well, well, so articulate, for him, you, well, articulate his conclusion. What yeah. do you think? How, how, is it, how is his conclusion? Well, I mean, uh, for him, uh, I, 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 I can't remember exactly. So I'm going to be paraphrasing him, obviously, or I hope I'm representing him okay. Um, but uh, he... he Essentially, acknowledge the same thing that it is when you when you go through it, it's very persuasive. He completely understands how people can have transcendental experiences and they can develop certain beliefs. Um, he's even sort of at one point, I think he's even mentioned that he's agnostic about things like life after death. He's not as hardcore like it doesn't exist like everybody else. You know, he. But then he, he changed. Then he changed. Wait, Abhi, but how is that radically different than what I'm saying, though? No, because he came to his senses and no, no, because, uh, no, no, because Armin. Yeah. No, well, because sure. he came to he came to the conclusion right that he could that his his experience what he learned from it was that he still uh, thinks that it is all a product of our human mind. It's like near death. No, he says right? he's agnostic through, about that. He says he's agnostic about that. He does not say that it's merely. No, no, but he's not. Okay, go on, go on. What's your reading of it? Yeah, but my reading of it is that he's agnostic uh, to 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 what it all is, um, and that. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I gather from it is that he's he's agnostic about it all. Mm -hmm. he, I don't think that he he he's ever made the truth claim that it's merely a brain mechanism. He's open to the possibility that there might be something to it. What his problem but not is, outside, not saying? outside human physiology, right? Like not outside. I, I he's not making the claim that there are things uh, outside or there is a connection with the wider universe or there's a collective consciousness. He he's not saying anything that's external he, he to what is a product claim. of our brain. Right, he does not make those truth claims. I, mean, I don't. I, I try not to make those truth claims either. I'm very open to those possibilities. Mm -hmm. In matter of fact, I incline towards those possibilities. It's a yeah. very. It's it's, it's, it's it, Okay, let's let's be. There's a correct way to be skeptical, and there's a very like we can't be too, so skeptical that we don't we accept everything open to everything. Okay, there we can't be skeptical about skepticism. We can't be. No, we can't right. just open the like when people are say. I think a lot of people don't understand the right way to be skeptical. Being skeptical doesn't mean you allow you open the door to fucking everything. Right. Being skeptical means that you open the door to things that have evidence for it, right? And just because right. you don't throw everything completely out, that usually you put them close to the idea of the universe. Be coming out of the fart of a giant turtle, right? Like, you can't throw that out either, can you? Can you? You can't. But everything else that you can't completely throw out will just go in the corner of two fairies and Santa Claus and Peter oh, Pan. But there's no, need, there's no, no, no need to make any truth claim at all. No, the, 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 the no. question is to explore. The, the issue is to explore the possibility. Yeah, there are right ways. To, okay, yeah, but... If you're exploring, okay, instead of just randomly explore, exploring through a sea of 
everything that is possible. Maybe you could have a direction in your exploring, and that direction is called science, okay? Because if you just go by your feelings, like it just feels this way, it just feels that way, you're just going to come to conclusions that just feels good, and you just feel warm and fuzzy about believing in them, okay? That is it's, a denial it, and a rejection of subjectivity. It, 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 you're, you're exclusively only accepting one epistemology towards truth. Yeah, the right one. And philosophically, it, that doesn't work. Science what? is not the only epistemic path to knowledge. It's the best one. Subjectivity matters. In matter of fact, subjectivity mm -hmm. is the ground of all scientific exploration. Okay, so okay, he, okay subjectivity. I, you keep putting words in my mouth. Everything, obviously, we have ex experienced is subjective. It, can, it has yeah. to go through the filter of our perception. So how could it not be subjective, right? So, exactly. So that's but what, what what science does is try to understand the way we perceive things and try mm -hmm. to adjust for our errors as humans and adjust for our biases if you don't right. if you don't introduce that filter to your perception and just go by everything you experience and feel then you're opening the door to a random you know okay, so sea I of nonsense i agree with that so that and sam harris agrees with this too that, that's why I, I don't know I, why I, we're bringing Sam Harris to this. Because because, oh, because just I, up Sam Harris because somebody said that that Sam Harris's perspective conclusion was radically different. I completely disagree with that. I think that. Uh, yeah, but let's focus on what you're saying, though. But, no, 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 but, no. The the reason I brought him in is just because uh, his trajectory. When you talked about your. Mm -hmm. Uh, sort of experimentation with hallucinogens and, you know, how you came to... Uh, All right, but he, I asked a question. A We're getting off time. See, Ali, you're doing to me what I, you tell me I'm doing to, to you. Uh, okay. okay. So, so, no, I'm just saying that <laughs> I, I, nobody's denying, sub, you know, us being subjective because we, we can't... How could we perceive the world without going through the human filter? Because right, that's and how so we, it's, I mean, so it's as simple as does your subjectivity matter? That's all that, that we're exploring. We're not making any truth claims. What is, is there it? What is it? I don't even understand what it means. Is matter. There it's there. It's there. It exists. Okay? Right. It exists, and we have to see that its weaknesses. And, 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 and that's what I, science... I agree with you. The science should... should science needs to be there. We have to have science. It's, there's, that, that, there's nothing else we have. We there's have no, subjectivity. We have logic. We have no, reason. I mean, science... You just said yourself, science is, is based, uses our subjective experiences... But we know our subjective experiences is flawed. And that's why we okay. need science to adjust for those flaws. I agree. Okay. Completely agree. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going. Right. I, I think here's what it is. Like we had earlier, we had this conversation, I think a long time ago, about philosophy versus science, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I've always thought that the, the only way to arrive to, at anything that is a, an objective truth that everybody can look at it and say, okay, this is it, is science. I think that's the only way. Um, I, I don't think there's any other way. Now, with philosophy, for instance, you can, it helps you ask questions. So that's mm -hmm. a very important part of science. So science, science grew out of philosophy. The one part of philosophy that was really important that science incorporated, now part of the scientific method, is hypothesis generation. Right? That's the asking of questions. Um, there are other things, and, and, and so that, that part of it is part of the scientific method. So the, the idea of inquiry, the idea of collecting evidence, arriving at a conclusion, uh, correcting for all your biases, falsifiability, all of that, that's all part of the scientific method. Um, and that really is the only way any kind of objective truth we know today, that is the way that we've arrived at it. Now, with subjectivity, with, with uh, you know, 
philosophical methods, what you can do is you can ask questions. Questions, for example, ethics. You can talk about ethics. You're not going to arrive at any objective conclusions, right? But mm-hmm. it'll help you ask questions and it'll help you uh, – it, yes, it is a path to knowledge. It is a way that you can right. gain certain path to knowledge. Reasoning, inductive reasoning. Uh, right, right. right. But, but it's not, uh, not going to help you arrive at any uh, sort of objective – Conclusive truths that that everybody can see that are demonstrable that are um, testable. And, and, and Mike so on, in so. the live chat is asking if we ever create conscious AI, would that would that, would it be spiritual and subjective? Of course, of course. Oh. Because from divine? the perspective of subject idealism, from the perspective of subjective idealism, all physics and metaphysics co arise. If, if it's if it's an articulate expression of non duality. Physics and metaphysics co-arise. So, if this, if there is, if there is a theoretically, if there is conscious, if consciousness is the ground of all, all reality, then anything that arises within it, oh including AI. But can you explain what metaphysics? Like, no, no, what, no. What can you, you explain what could what the ground of reality is? Consciousness, consciousness comes it, after reality. It's not. No, it's we, the other way around. No, it's possible that it's the other way around. No, it's, it's possible that consciousness. Is the is the fa- foundational reality, and that physics emerges out of consciousness? Oh, I don't take that. For everything, though. a lot of things are possible. Right. I mean, yeah. there, there are many things that are. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are possible. Right. But we're talking about uh, to, in in order to have a conversation about th- this is one of the reasons I'm asking you what you mean by metaphysics too. Sure. I know this field is kind of weird because uh, this is I I'm enjoying this a lot. I know that there's two we need to get to Hinduism by the way. Huh? We Definitely. need to get to handle. Well, we we might have to talk about that another time. No, 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 no. That's that was in the title. It's in the title. You have okay, to then then let's just. That's stars. like, but that's everything. No, yeah. right. Everything is uh, atoms, molecules. That, that's what no, no, I find it. it, 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 it go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I I just say yeah, I just find it tough. I mean, I know I know what metaphysics is. I, I know what people mean when they say it. I just have it really. I just find it really challenging to have like conversations when when we're. It's because you're trying to time. use science to understand something that you can only subjectively experience. And you're experiencing it subjectively and are having a hard problem explaining it objectively. We're not. We're actually explaining oh, all, I, those, I think so. all those, all those no, things. I think, that I think you exp- can. Yeah, all, yeah, of, the, because, uh, all of those things that you mentioned we're explaining. We're doing actually a surprisingly good job at it. And we're, doing, we're getting better at it by each, every decade. You're, you're able to. We, we are able to explain mechanisms that bring about laughter. We're able to explain that these are neurotransmitters that are released in a biological organism when something like bonding is experienced. Yeah. Expl- explaining a mechanism does not solve the hard problem of consciousness. Ex- sh- demonstrating a mechanism does not b- b- somehow bring about an explained this is, this meaning is, and this purpose. This sounds and, like no, no, but, but nothing. Know. Nothing else does either. You know uh, this. Here's this a, very much sounds like the argument. I don't know. Therefore, God. No, so, no, but I didn't say I. I don't know. Therefore, God. I don't. I didn't I say said, you did. I didn't say. I don't it know. sounds like it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. So I'm therefore metaphysics. As an agnostic theist, I'm saying I don't know. Therefore, metaphysics. There's a good chance that there's intelligence there. I wonder if there is. Yeah, that's what, that's okay. That that part. But is, you could. But okay when you it. say. But what when you shoved intelligence, I could shove. I don't know. Um, 
woo, I can shove like but fairy dust. I'm going to shove fairy dust. Fairy dust. Objective spiritual experience. Okay, you shove intelligence. I'm shoving fairy dust. Uh, I, we're, wait, hang on. We're talking about reason and science. Reason and science cannot even occur without subjectivity. You, this is what materialists and physical, physicalists no, but, do. But they are saying, you say you don't know, therefore maybe intelligence. I, I don't. I don't think that that's. I don't think that's true. I think all, everything that you have experienced. Okay, apart. I mean, apart from the specifics of you know when you were doing you know certain sort of the plant medicines and so on, I, I, everything that you've experienced, we as you know, I guess objectivists or whatever it is. I'm not familiar with the thing. I'm from like a hard science. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So we've we've experienced too. We've been through it. Now everything that's subjective, like the the laughter and and beauty and the sense of transcendence, or you know when I when I first had my daughter, I you know Hinduism. those kinds mm-hmm. of yeah, those kinds of things are things that I have experienced as well. I'm gonna, what I what I say what I say to people is like I think Armin has a point with the you know I don't know therefore God so like you know this idea that um, if I I don't have like this is something that cannot be explained by hard science objective uh, realism or you know whatever it is but uh, so that means that there has to be X. Right? Yeah, and, there's nobody and, saying there has to be anything. Or that there's a good chance that there's X. I, right. I, I, I'm just comfortable with saying, okay, I don't know. I, I'm comfortable asking questions. I feel like it's better to ask questions that have no answers than to answer, um, uh, to, to create answers, right, that, that have no, have don't have any objective basis. It, it's, uh, it's, it's okay to remain in the dark. And, uh, well, I, I mean, it's okay, okay. to remain yeah. in the dark as so so long as one can you're asking subject subjectivity. Well, again, if, if we we all appreciate subjectivity. Right, exactly. We're talking about what conclusion you're getting to from right. that. So, so yeah, what what conclusion I'm getting to is that the subjectivity itself, without any psychedelic plant medicine, is a phenomenal, profound existence. It is absolutely outstanding and outrageously crazy to be human. And to be able to have this conversation in a Henderson. universe that is thoroughly complex. Okay. And so let's move on. Yeah, go ahead. So that's, so that's all that my, my perspective is. I think that I, I'm, well, I'm skeptical of the materialist truth claim. I, I, I have reasons to believe that subjectivity and what I experience subjectively matters. I don't know, though. Oh, I, but I, I don't think that's preclusive. Look, I think that that matters too. I think that I have reason to believe that it actually matters. I just don't know uh, how it matters or whether it, it means it. I, I don't want to ascribe anything else to it apart from the fact that I think it matters. That's it. And I, I think that we all agree with that. Anyway, yeah. so let's move on to um, Hinduism. Armin, you asked a question since you've been why, there. Like, why, would, why the fuck would you call <laughs> yourself a Hindu? Oh God! What well, a start, okay. Armin? Can you please? <laughs> right. Just this so, whole okay, thing. Why would, I, why would I Jesus. call myself an American when Donald Trump is our president? When we've had slavery and segregation and bomb and nuke Japan, why would I stand and put my hand on my chest and, and salute the flag? Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would I do that? Well, right. It, you shouldn't. It, it, because I see no. the evol- First of all, oh. I, I appreciate the evolution that the country's been through. We are not the same country that we were. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, generationally, millennials are different than baby boomers. We're beginning to look at things quite differently. Um, on the left, I'm a liberal. I'm a progressive. I appreciate tr- the traditions that have brought America its liberties and values. I appreciate the John Locke's of the world and the Thomas Jefferson's of the world without them needing to be infallible or, or perfect. 
without necessarily uh, objecting against their immoralities and their injustices. I'm able to do that. And same thing with the Hindu tradition. For, for a culture and a civilization, and, and I can do this with the Greeks, I can do this with the Egyptians, right? For, for a culture and a tradition to develop a philosophy that articulates the psychedelic and mystical experience as profoundly as it does, I am absolutely inspired by it. I love the archetype. It's a personal preference, right? So I'm what, not saying that anybody, need, uh -huh. that anybody else needs to adopt this. I'm not saying that anybody else needs to believe this or do this. I'm saying that the framework and its descriptions of the non-dual experience, its application of methodologies such as meditation and yoga work for me. The, the connection that I have with uh, the broader Indian community, with the hippie and the New Age community, is, is a great and beautiful friendship, and I enjoy it. it. I'm fully able to express myself through this framework. And I'm not imposing it on anybody. I'm not saying that anybody should think the way that I think, perceive the way that I perceive, and believe what I believe. So, okay, so why call it Hindu, though? I mean, but the Hindu also... Because it is. It literally is. Just like the Constitution and the liberties and, and, and all of that, that it comes from. The, I give credit to the Enlightenment philosophers. I give credit to the United States uh, uh, as an institutional, uh, as, as a nation. I, I give credit where credit is due. I give credit right. to Muhammad. You know, you know what I do? I give credit to Enlightenment philosophers, but I wouldn't go as far as call myself an Enlightenment philosopher myself just because I give credit to them, right? And, then, right. and would you would but would you like if you see value in Egyptian uh, mythology, you see beauty in it? Mm -hmm. Would you call yourself an Egyptian? No, I, I do value. Uh, you know. Okay, so are you an Egyptian? No, I'm not. Well, I'm literally, I am literally Hindu in, a, in an ethnic, that, right? I, okay, I so you're talking about ethnic. I'm talking about values right. and ideas. Right. Right? I'm talking about so, but, ideology. But, but, but all of, just because I like some Egyptian ideas doesn't mean that I've now adopted a lifestyle that goes according to the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I have happened to adopt a lifestyle. Would you find it crazy if somebody? Well, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, he made his point. He made his point. No, no. I didn't hear the end of it. You okay, have. Okay. Uh, I, I have adopted a, a, a lifestyle of yoga and meditation and, and and you know vegetarianism and all of these types of things. And I'm, I'm and, and I'm influenced by what the Hindu civilization has produced. It is no different to me. It is no different if if the Rock is able to come out in his Samoan attire. If shamans are able. To value their traditions. If African Americans can look back at their history and value where they've come from and their beliefs and their, and their heritage and, and, and their philosophies and their saints and sages, then why can't I? There's nothing wrong with it. There's no supremacy here, right? I'm not saying that the Hindus are better than, than the Persians or the Greeks or the Egyptians. It's simply an appreciation of history and I, tradition and ancestry. I really don't understand when people, when you say, ask a question, why you're doing some something, and people ans ask, answer, why, why can't I do it? When people are asking for the logic behind something, they're not suggesting that you technically can't do it, right? But like, it's, nobody, it's, no, nobody, I didn't, like when I say, for example, uh, why would you convert to Islam? And somebody says, why can't I convert to Islam? I'm like, I didn't say you can't convert to Islam. I'm asking the logic, like nobody's suggesting that you can't. Right. right? So, so, so the logic that I gave behind it is that Hinduism has done the best and most profound job of describing the non-dual experience. Med meditation and yoga as a lifestyle and as a methodology work for me. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And like, I honor where it's come from. I, I, there's nothing wrong with honoring where it comes from. I, I, I don't exclusively honor the Hindu tradition. I honor all traditions. 
but I also see that there has been a lot of all traditions, uh, all uh, traditions, all traditions. This is a human. This is the human endeavor. We've all collectively evolved in different ways, in different contexts. And so I appreciate where we've come from and how we're continuing to refine and evolve. What about the tradition of burning your wife alive? When what about the Hindu tradition of burning your wife alive along with the husband when she when he dies? What about the right. tradition so of caste look, the caste system? That's a tradition. Exactly. Right. I look at it no different than the Egyptians doing mummification. But you or value the it. doing human sacrifices, or the Christians believing in a human sacrifice. Yeah, so fucked up. These types of ideas and beliefs are expected of ancient and archaic civilizations. You don't throw the. I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You but should. But the bathwater does need to be thrown out for sure. No, you should kill the baby. But no, why would you? <laughs> no, seriously, if the if the baby is if the baby involves burning your wife or the caste system, fucking kill that baby. Don't. Throw but wait, wait, come out, come out, out. Who's trying to do that today, though? Who's no, you today? say you value it. You the, you keep switching. I, no, you keep switching between like this is part of reality. I acknowledge that it exists. And then, also, but you kind of sneak in value. No, when no, if I don't value something, right. it doesn't mean that I, I'm denying that it's it was part of reality. I'm not denying that it ha- no, that it didn't happen. It's I'm, contribution to human progress. You, no, you said you value all traditions, right? Do you I value do you value the ca- do you value the caste system? No, that doesn't imply. That's like saying just because I appreciate, uh, you know, where we come from as 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 a country, the United States of America, that now I somehow value slavery and segregation. That's just so you don't value all traditions. You don't right. value the tradition of slavery. Somebody. You don't value the tradition of slavery. Right. No, I'm, I'm talking. Okay, so you're 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 now you're getting into individual traditions rather than rather than than, than a yeah, than, like, than a social like a, uh, an entire social. Well, uh, Armin, Armin, let him speak. Okay. That involves a lot of nuances, a lot of practices, a lot of ideas, right? You can't just say American in 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 uh, like a broad, broad in a broad brush sense. There are things that humanity has been refining and letting go little by little. Racism is one of them. We're not there yet. Misogyny is another one. We're not there yet. Nationalism is another one. I'm all for globalism. We're not there yet. We are refining and evolving, and we've got a long way to go. But. That refining includes giving up things like, like human sacrifices. You, but that but, includes giving up things like sacrificing lambs for whatever reason at the altar. But, it includes things like. I, I, I think no, Ali's getting to no, no. Yeah, but when you're um, talking about valuing, no, 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 Ali. Let me let me respond to this. You, you, the problem is that you're bundling them up. Uh, you say you're picking and choosing traditions. Yeah, that's the that's the right way to do it. I I when you keep. Uh, Giving the American example, I disagree with that as well. If you mm-hmm. bundle the whole Americanism experience together and value it all together, you're helping in keeping the shitty parts of it. If this is why I don't value Hinduism or Iran as a country or Canada as a country or Israel as a country, you look at everything individually. This is good. This is fucked up. This is we get rid of this i don't when, when the nationalism and religions when they bundle things up and you want they want you to respect the whole thing it makes it more difficult to individually an- analyze because you're basic by because they come up as part of the 
package and it's part of the bundle. When you give credibility to that package, you're, you're making those things that that we should have gotten rid of years ago last longer. You, this is why I don't look at America. I look at, oh, look, landing in the moon. Fantastic. Science. Oh, wait, wait, Great. No. Where, where, who is, who, where, where, what, no, what wait. is currently saying that Sati and the caste system should be implemented? In, India India no. banned the, the caste system 10 years before America banned segregation. India is a country. India is a country. Everything great there's, about India is, comes a from a secularism. India is, there's, is, there's, there's a movement among Hindu nationalists keep, you, you, that pose you, the caste you inter- you keep choosing India and Hinduism interchangeably. You, you said you want to talk about Hinduism. No, but and I'm just saying India to, is not Hinduism. India is not. You guys are both speaking at the same time, Hinduism. and yeah. I can't hear. Hold on, right. Farhan, yeah. finish what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So what, what you're trying what you're trying to do is you're trying to turn Islam into a, an Abrahamic religion like Christianity and Islam, where mm-hmm. everything, where all the doctrines, where the no. specific doctrines that you inherit and you have to subscribe to. Hinduism does not work the same way. Neither it does doesn't. astrology, and it's still bullshit. What about astrology? And that's not. It doesn't have to be exactly like Abrahamic religions. A lot no, of, but you're trying to say that somehow asati and casteism is inherent to a theological premise, which isn't true. It is one of the most ancient parts of Hinduism. Come on, it's part of the. It's part of Hinduism. Even Wait, yes, cast- yeah, the caste system is part of Hinduism. Okay, we agree with that, right? It's part of Hinduism. Yeah. Okay. It's a part of his so developed India idea. has evolved to be to is getting it's, it's first of all it has still a lot to go caste system is still a huge problem in India it's a huge problem yes but we ha- we can't deny that India has made a huge progress and getting rid of it a lot still has a long way to go yes. in uh, India as a country has made a lot of progress because of its secularism right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of its and and Hindu traditions has held it held it back. Um, you you talk about refining. Wait, how, wait, 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 how is Hindu is how, how is Hindu tradition held uh, secularization back? In that in the specific context of the caste system in Sati. Well, in many you have BJP conservatives the, the, who are thoroughly against. The, the caste they're talking about people rather than ideology. The, the the interesting thing about Hinduism is that because it has is not one thing, as many people keep reminding us, uh, it's many different things. The the influence on society that it has is felt many in many different ways, right? Like, but w- not like nonsense claims about the universe rarely help. So, like, when it comes to medicine, when it comes to people donating money to things that don't help them, when it comes to people using uh, ways of curing each other that is is unscientific, when it comes to a lot of, like, there's hundreds of different superstitions. It's like you're conflating Islam with Hinduism. Because Islam cannot get rid of chopping the hand off, because Islam cannot get rid of you know the, the 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 permission to marry four wives. I'm not saying that. But therefore, Hinduism shouldn't be able to give up. No, no, it, no. I didn't say that. Well, I here, said here's a better here's a better analogy, um, Farhan. Is uh, for instance, uh, the uh, this idea of gay rights, same sex marriage, right? So this is right. something that there's a lot of European nation states that are actually officially Christian states, like right. the Netherlands, like you know, even England has a Church of England and all that. So there, there is a part of they're not actually officially, they're not truly, truly secular. Now the thing is, in those, um, if you would say, for instance, that uh, Christianity has evolved to um, 
uh, to uh, to allow same sex marriage mm-hmm. or same sex unions or same sex rights, then right. it would be false. What happened is that you know, yes, England, the Netherlands, a lot of these officially Christian states have allowed same sex unions. Uh, they have allowed that. It's it's the societies and the, the the secular progression of those societies eventually that allowed for for uh, gay rights to happen. But it's not. That's not something that actually came from the religion that is associated with those nation states. So it's the same kind of thing with India. India is officially secular and pluralistic. So um, sati and the caste system and some of these really the, the stuff that's in the Manu Samrithi, a lot of these really sort of misogynistic practices, um, you know, they, Karma, they, they are part of Hinduism. You, you, yeah, you, you can't take them out of it. You can't take them out of Hinduism. And yes, it, in India, it's not practiced. And India may have even made laws against it all, right? And, and they may even have banned it. it. But that but doesn't mean that, that Hinduism is... So Hinduism, allow, Hinduism allows you to reject it. Listen, I, I also admire the Mayans and the Incans, but would I advocate for their, their human sacrifices to the sun god? Of course not. The, the the idea is to refine our perspective on truth, continue to evolve, and Hinduism thoroughly allows that, and that's something that should be embraced, and it should be something that incur that 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 is encouraged. See, like, like I don't know, uh, 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 Gemini in uh, in, right, in astrology. My phone. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. In in astrology, for example, we can change it. Like Gemini could means one thing, like if you're a Gemini, and but it could we could we could evolve to for it to mean something else. The thing, but the thing is that we would do better complete without such nonsense. The claim that I'm making is not an extraordinary claim. The claim is that the more our I, our belief system matches reality. Yeah. The, the the better we can pro, uh, you know pro- progress as humanity. That's not a very I, extraordinary claim. And I think uh, what I know Hinduism is very different from Abrahamic religion. But at the, but at the, so is astrology. Astrology is not very at all very, at all similar to Abrahamic religion. But at the end of the day, it, people that believe in these things have a very um, their 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 map of reality is very different from what reality actually is. And it's, it can't be helpful. Let me bring Ellie down here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. What, what, what can't be helpful? Believing in astrology? Believing in nonsense. Believing in claims without evidence. Believing in gods. Believing in reincarnation. Believing in karma. Believing in anything that... Uh, without you know having a view of reality that is completely off right so i think that certain truth claims regarding these things can be and should be challenged i think that there 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 can be an openness to mysticism though towards the possibility that if everything is interconnecting that there might be something more to what's going on i certainly would not make any truth claims regarding astrology uh, I, I'm very open to reincarnation as a possibility. Oh my God! Um, I mean, I so that's I, a problem it, I have with Hinduism, then. Right, but 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 consider this, Armin. If there isn't, if there is intelligence, let's use the premise, okay? Let's use P one as if there is intelligence at the heart of reality, right? Then, and, and if consciousness continues post mortem, then what makes more sense? What's more plausible? Does it make more sense that you're going to remember an eternity? Of being in a an Iranian, are you in Australia? I don't Can- know what country. Canada. Canada. Okay. Of being a Persian, of, of being a Persian Canadian for the rest of eternity, with 
the particular hairstyle you have with the particular chin you have being that biological organism that's the, that's the memory that you have for the rest of eternity versus something that we do see in the practical world which is humanity evolving over time what? and could this mean that we have been here evolving and reincarnating reincarnate re reincarnating over and over again that is much more plausible than thinking that there's one you have one life and that's all you remember well you're reinforcing what the problem i have with hinduism because my uh, you know this this is this to me that's not all nonsense i mean the, my problem with this with the premise to begin with and the fact is i think hinduism encourages views like that and that's a disease i think no, but in a sense, there is a reincarnation that's happening, right? In the sense that matter is continuously dying, cyclically oh. remanifesting itself. Human beings are evolving from. It's interesting from a when set of genetic from a certain genetic set of genetic makeup to an to an additional set of of of, of genetic makeup. It's, yeah, interesting, yeah, but, it's interesting. Hindu apologists always tell me that I I I'm looking at Hinduism as if it's an Abrahamic religion, but a lot of the arguments that they make for Hinduism sounds a lot like the same apologetics yeah. Yeah, that Muslim, I, I Muslims and Christians make for them. Yeah, because I hear exactly the same arguments for for defending Adam and Eve or the splitting of the moon uh, or the devil oh, falling from heaven different thing evolution is happening no 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 i we were told in school like no but uh, about but adam I, and I, how adam and eve is like about really about evolution i mean i came up with such bullshit myself like that when it comes to, to islam but yeah you know for han so what happened is that with evolution in the quran there's a statement that says that you know god made human god made human beings out of the water mm -hmm. okay so so we used to talk about how well how that's reality because whether you look at body composition you know, 60% of women are water, uh, of females, and 70% of the male body is made out of, it's literally H2O. You can look at it as, you know, we all came out of the water, have evolved out of the water, fish, amphibians, and so mm -hmm. on. Um, they used to talk about the mirage journey, mm -hmm. uh, Muhammad's flight to heaven, that mm -hmm. he, he flew in the, in the form of light. So, you know, E equals MC squared. So it was basically mass converted to energy. <laughs> and that shows proves relativity. Well, see, now you're, you're laughing at that, but mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing. So when you talk about, say, the carbon cycle, right? And you, you're talking about, like, you know, how people or living things die and they go into the ground. Then, you know, they become fertilizer for a while. Then that feeds, like, new plants and then new life grows right. and it gives rise to new life and all that. And uh, they're calling that reincarnation. That is a carbon cycle. It's true that life sort of renews itself. It's true that there is a law of conservation of matter um, and the law of conservation of energy. And, you know, all of that stuff is true. But but um, conflating that with this idea of reincarnation in Hinduism, that's actually very specific. And it's, uh, you know, it sounds a lot. It sounds a lot to me like, you know, saying that the mirage journey of uh, Muhammad to heaven the, was the, uh, the, the equals the MC squared. The question is if there is an afterlife, right? There's near-death experiences. If spirit, it, it, there's, there's psychedelic experiences. If these experiences are meaningful and there's intelligence at the heart of the universe, what is the most plausible afterlife possibility? That's a huge and if. That, what, what, just what in, there's a couple of possibilities. There's only a few yeah. possibilities that we have, right? We have the possibility that you're going to remember for the eternity of being a Persian-Canadian or a Pakistani-American, and that's what you remember for the rest of eternity. Mm -hmm. There's a possibility of, of a simulation theory, there's a possibility of, of a multiverse, and there's a possibility of reincarnation. Now, the Besides simulation those, theory those, is actually those, more 
it's, it's probably I don't know why more we're plausible. Ta- why we're talking about this? We the the giant leap we took was with the premise itself. Uh, I, I know, but I, <laughs> we're listen, Armin. The reason we're granting right. the premise is because we're talking about things from Farhan's point of view. Right. So I want to understand things from Farhan's point of view. So even on that premise, uh, you know. But anyway, continue what you were saying. Finish what you're saying. Right. If there's hard, and it is a big if. I agree with Armin there. It is a big if. But if it is true, then and, and there is post-mortem consciousness, and there's something to near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences and things of this nature, then what is the most plausible scenario? I mean, we're speculating. Well, but, right? the, but I mean, the problem is that the foundation is when plausible. You, when you, when you enter magic land, anything, you can make up anything now. No, no, but... Uh, but I think reincarnation makes more sense than the, than the other possibilities. No, but if, if everything is, everything makes the same amount of sense when you, when you enter that world of no no if the, if the foundational if that you establish right. right the foundational if that you establish is actually not plausible okay or not very plausible then anything that's built on top of it is that like you know for instance again to go back to the Star Wars and the Harry Potter example Armin was giving so if if a Harry Potter is real right Mm. then it makes it much more plausible that magic wands have a lot more power than lightsabers, right? Mm. If Harry mm. Potter is real. But that, again, that, that foundational if is, is uh, it's, it's a really, really big if. Mm. So, yeah, we can have, so yeah. what we're doing is now... I mean, I, I don't agree, I don't, I don't agree on that analogy, but I see... No, well, of course, I, under, I understand that. I mean, you, right. uh, the, the, I understand what you mean, but I'm try, just trying to tell you that, uh, I, I am trying to understand... But, but, yeah, but you're trying what, to say that there's no realistic way of looking at an afterlife possibility. You, you don't even want yeah. to attack... No, no, I, I think... No, we have is, attempted and we realized that it was ridiculous. We have attempted it. No, uh, no, 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 no. I, I wouldn't think... I think that so there not, are... No, you're, you're making... any continuation of consciousness... Yes. How would no. you even make that claim? It's very easy. Okay, so here's uh, here's. I just did by say by stating it. Okay, so here, here's what I would say. Here would But just this idea that I, okay, so here here's what I would say. There's things that I know. I'm not going to connect these to necessarily an afterlife, but there's things that we know. For instance, one thing that you said yourself that the, there's the convers the law of conservation of matter and energy, right? The mm-hmm. fact that matter and energy are interconvertible. There's uh-huh. the idea that uh, there is uh, that there is a quantum world. Uh-huh. Okay, that all uh, all shit. atoms, yeah, all atoms have nuclei. Each proton is made up of two up quarks and one down quark, and the neutrons are made up. Of, so all these subatomic particles, they always exist. They can pop in and out of existence. Uh, our body is obviously made up of them. They are able to carry electrons, carry information, you know, across. So we know all of these things mm-hmm. together. So yes, if I piece up all of the stuff, I can come up with a possibility that something of our consciousness or something that we think may survive later. But to call it plausible, right? I have these little bits of information. They're all fascinating. And they're great if I want to write a science fiction novel, for instance. You know, it could, it could come together. But, but if, I, if I, I wouldn't call them plausible, at least not until I have evidence. Now, no, if, it, I'm saying which one is more plausible than the other? A single life that you remember for the eternity, for eternity. Um, what's or, more or plausible is is what we know based on uh, the best knowledge that we right. have if right we have now. Absolutely no evidence to believe that after you die, you're going to remember yourself as Ali Rizmi. Okay, okay. So here, here's what's plausible. What's plausible to me is that if I get uh, a bovine spongiform encephalopathy or mad cow disease. Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't know why I said that. I'm just used to saying it like that. But 
So if I get mad cow disease, it's going to turn parts of my brain into sponge. And eventually all of my brain is going to turn to sponge. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, I'm going to turn into a blithering idiot. Mm -hmm. Now, if I have a stroke in a certain part of your, my brain, right, um, I will lose those memories. I may lose certain body functions. I may not even be able to recognize my own wife or my own mother or you know, my loved ones. Now, with a little bit of damage to your brain, if it's going to do that much to me, where it's it's fundamentally going to change the person that I am, mm-hmm. right? What happens when the entire brain is dead? The yeah. entire brain is dead. Nothing survives. So then none of that, none of what makes me me is going to survive. So to me, it's a lot more plausible. We're talking about plausible based on what okay. we know. Mm-hmm. Based on what we know, it's much more plausible that it's it's done. Now, do I have subatomic particles in my brain that can eventually go out and they can carry information and, no. and carry it and in perpetuity and there's quantum entanglement. There's all these other phenomena that no. happen. Yeah, that's a lot of fun to think about, but is it plausible? Is it as plausible as me losing my entire brain and losing myself, right. like uh, as in Mad Cat? Yeah, no, it's not, right? So, Ali, the, the, the thing is, I agree with you, but if you recall what the conversation was, the conversation was if there's intelligence, which yeah. one of these possibilities? No, are yeah, but th- no, I didn't no, compare it to the materialistic perspective. Even if there is intelligence, right. even if there is an intelligence, supposing there's an. No, ad- we shouldn't that, entertain that. Would... That's not an interesting to entertain. No, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, no, 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 Armin. The well, idea that there is a. Why no. is to entertain it? Though? We should. We shouldn't move past that unless we have established that that's no, actually uh, uh, like no armin i i disagree with you i, I don't think it's, uh, that part of it's ridiculous i think it's ridiculous to think that that intelligence wrote books and blesses marriages yeah. and does all that yeah, stuff yeah, okay. that part maybe. is ridiculous but yeah. to think that okay maybe like you know there's all the stuff that's uh, happening in the universe maybe there's a higher intelligence oh my god there. ali you don't think that's ridiculous no i'm, dis- I, I I'm disappointed it, in you ali i don't think it's ridiculous <laughs> i think it's a, no is. When it comes to another in, uh, uh, higher intelligence, so that intelligence could be the laws of physics. I, I'm agnostic not, about that. No, I, I am. I am. Ag- I'm agnostic. I, I wrote. I, I wrote this in my book too. I'm agnostic about. It. But when it comes that doesn't to mean religion, anything. People say agnostic as if means agnostic. I'm agnostic about everything except my own existence. Okay. No, no. Okay, 50, but, but 50, on, 50, I'm fifty fifty agnostic. Holy about shit, that. Ali. Okay, we yeah, need to talk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Want to come back to Ali's point because Ali Ali was talking about how. You know, based on what we know, wow. when, the, when the dies, when there's when there's damage done to the brain, we have no. The most plausible conclusion is that there's is just death, and that's it. Yeah. I'm Even if you have a higher intelligence right, out right. there, that that's and, a reality that's why, either way. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you, and that is why I said if there is intelligence, I wasn't comparing it to the materialist perspective. I said if there is intelligence, which afterlife possibility is the most plausible? And I submit to you that is reincarnation. That's all that I was doing. Why? All right. So okay, never mind. I'm not going to. We we already talked about why. Okay, so, so we disagreed on that. That's okay. But I we got your perspective. I think we've already talked about. You've made your point. Made our point. Um, but we we are kind of running out of time, Armin. I just like, I, so I just I just want to know like why why from everything about us. People have picked consciousness over the thing that is holy and divine and connected to universe and uh, and stays. Why? Why not? Why not your shit? Why not like? Why not your hair? Why like? What is this? So, because so, it's so, obvious, Armin. Why? It's tell me. Your, tell your me. existence 
it's it's the ground of anything that you see this is this is that this is the because we are so self-centered we are so self-obsessed that we want make to make instead of making us a part of the, a small part of the universe we want to make the whole universe part of us that's what it is about this uh, there's a legitimate experience where you can experience, experience feeling one with all that is. I've experienced, I had a dream as a kid one time when I experienced being an eagle flying over the <laughs> desert. Like, Completely doesn't different. mean, sh- does, yeah, it doesn't not, mean nothing. Experiences are, are just like, the fact, in fact, it's interesting to me. If when you get high and experience other things, that should tell you about how unreliable your experiences are. There's, definitely limitations to subjectivity there's limitations to science and philosophy as well there's limitations definitely and that's why the utilization of all three is significant or the appreciation of it that you have to use all three the appreciation all right. of all three is significant mm-hmm. I, I only but, appreci- but, okay, let, let science me is the only way last, people no, no, go ahead yeah, yeah. Say. yeah la- last thing ali okay the the future has to be where there's where the materialist skeptical perspective and the spiritual perspective coincides where temperaments are able, human temperaments are able to have avenues to express themselves and to express what they think is going on with the nature of reality. We cannot eliminate spirituality. Can we eliminate dogmatism and tribalism and nationalism and, and divisiveness over identity politics and stuff like that? Can we, can we undermine superstition and truth claims based on insufficient evidence? Absolutely we can. But that does not take away spirituality and the possibility that there's divinity and intelligence or higher reality. I think that's a, that's a question that we should if, continue to explore. If we do yeah, it I, right, I it would, does. If we do it right, it does. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would uh, actually largely agree with that. The only parts I wouldn't agree with, like I wouldn't necessarily call it uh, spirituality. You know, I'd call it maybe, uh, so I, I don't really have a word for it, something transcendental that all of us experience well, Richard, but is intangible. Huh? Dawkins and Harris don't have any problems calling it spirituality. Neil deGrasse. Yeah, but what you call? What you call? No, 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 guys. What you call spirituality is different from what I or them call spirituality. So, so okay. Different people. You, different people. Different people mean different things. But we get okay. Fine, yeah. fine. That's okay. I just don't. I don't perfectly. Uh, I, I don't necessarily. I, I wish there was a better term, but I would call it something. Sort of like transcendentalism. The other thing is, I would, Spirit, I would the spirituality this, that most people, I, most uh, yeah. these people use, it has is completely materialistic. Yeah, yeah, but but the other thing that I would disagree with you, uh, the, the only other thing I'd take out of there would be divinity. That's where we disagree. Otherwise, I completely yes. agree. I think that there's a, Ali, there is you, subjective you, you, experience. You, I do think it matters. I don't think that we can uh, derive any conclusions from it. I don't think that experience. Uh, necessarily, I think experience can be largely uh, an illusion. A lot of times it, it is. And uh, there, there's no way we can, if it's not testable, there's nothing we can do about it. And um, we, we just have to go by what we nope. know, the nope. best of our knowledge. Our subjective the, experiences are important because everything we feel and taste and enjoy is our subjective experiences. But it's not the tool that's our subjective Altering our subjective experiences in a pleasant way is the goal. The tool is not a good tool because our perceptions, it's a very flawed way of perceiving reality. And that's why we have science. Because through time and not through tradition, through, through trial and error, we have find out the best way to figure out 
the, to map reality in the most effective way. So we use when we when I say science is the only way to figure out what reality is, it's not a dismissal of subjectivity because we are trying to understand reality so we could alter our subject our subjective experiences in a way that we're all experiencing joy and happiness. And at the end of the day, the whole the whole point of us. All our goals is based on our subjective experiences. Nobody is dismissing the importance of that. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I sort of, I partially agree with that too. I, I don't think it's a tool to obje- arrive at objective truths, but I do think it's uh, subjective experiences uh, can be a tool to um, broaden the way that you think. To, to, to open up yeah, you will, yeah, yeah ex- absolutely I completely agree with that I think that it can be subjective experiences really matter and can really help when it comes to when it comes to those things to, to question to, to broaden the primary. scope with it which you primary. can question and inquire yeah consciousness is primary it's yeah. primary there's yeah, no but, science no. or philosophy without consciousness yeah. it doesn't happen okay now, now we're going into places we disagree I wanted to end okay. on something where we agree no, <laughs> but, but no. Even though Armin, Ali, disagreement yeah. is necessary, dude. If we yeah. all thought the same, we would be like robots. I hate thinking yeah. and doing everything that everybody else is doing. Yeah, well, I think, I think we did. Are fun. We right. did agree. We did I agree with you on that. that. I agree with there you. There we on go. That. Now we all agree. <laughs> but you did get a lot of that in this podcast, uh, Farhan. I know there are two of us, and there's one oh. of you. No, but and, what about uh, like, no, no patron questions? Can we, we are getting to that. I know. I was going to yeah. say. So I, I want to thank you for being a good sport and for taking this on. I mean, I, I, I think the fact that you are sitting there and you're, you're able to like have these conversations and disagree, and we come from such different foundations. I think it's it's really good, and I wish a lot more people were like you. But we, um, we need- Armin. Can yeah. you read out the patron question? No, no, no. I'm you, on my phone now. Oh, I'm shit. On my phone. Really, I can't guys, see I'm going to miss them. This is Ali's job, usually. Can you guys, if I'm, uh, can you guys? We already mentioned some of them. There aren't a whole lot. No, no. Muscal asked some very good questions that she didn't tag us properly, so it's not orange for me, so I can't find it right now. Moose, you need to put the ad symbol behind the tag, and then you need to put the secular jihadist as one word, not space. You ask a very good question that I can't find anymore, Moose. Um, you have uh, where is it? Sorry, I'll see. Find. My laptop's still at three percent, so hopefully I can find something. <gasps> okay. Where is that? Where is that question, Moose? Yeah, someone said I agree with Ali. That's great. Yeah, it's always a good thing. Then mm, Razib said, "Shut up, Ali," uh, which is also a good oh, thing. M- Mike said that's bullshit. The best way to get knowledge is to first. Uh, get rid, eliminate subjectivity. That's what Mike was saying a couple of times. If mm-hmm. he ever, uh, he already asked that. Moose, you have to ask your question again. I know you really wanted us to ask your question. You have to type it again. Sorry, because it's so much chat here and I can't find it. Moose, Moose, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do Moose is asking one of the questions she's asking. I'm going to three percent on my laptop. Is uh, do we need to follow a religion to have morals? Of course um, not. Oh, yeah, no, no, definitely not. Oh, that she also asked. Oh, I remember her question. Uh, do you think if we get rid of all of religion, the world would be a better place or not? The whole John Lennon thing. I think. Listen, I I think that religions, the the way that we have them, are going to go away completely. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that the spirituality that human beings have will revere the past and the archetypes, symbols, and methods that they've developed. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, no, but but like for example, if we woke up to, tomorrow, and all Muslims said they don't believe in Islam anymore, and all Hindus said they don't believe in Hinduism anymore, and all Christians and all the Jews and everybody said they don't believe in that anymore, do you think yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine? It's not about dogmatism. It's nope. about spiritual. It's whether humanity continues to value subjective spiritual what if they don't like if we woke up tomorrow and everybody was like just science only that's the only way you think we would be reptilian robots that's what we would be oh my god no no (laughs) no there's no meaning there's no emotion uh you know it's it's pure logic when there's two hemispheres we use logic so that we could be hemispheres of the brain you can't just use logic mathematics you have to appreciate the abstract the spiritual the feminine no. Okay. Razi yeah. wants to know what your Y chromosomal haplogroup is. Do you know? Have you ever done twenty three Because you said DNA you had Hindu test. ancestry. Right, huh? right. I did the ancestry DNA test. I, I it's been a while since I looked at it. Is okay. I think Razi is a population geneticist or a geneticist. Right, right. I think there's a huge misunderstanding when people say we need to use logic and science to understand reality. A lot of people are like, oh, but we need. To have like poetry and art and emotions. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm just saying like nobody said we don't need those things. We don't. What we we're our emotions are important. But we just don't. Okay. When I'm when I'm enjoying my food, I'm enjoying my food. I'm not gonna. But when I'm trying to figure out what's the best, most effective way to get this food out of the ground. I'm not going to use my feelings, but once we use the logic and science, once we use logic and science to get the food off the ground, now that I'm starting to enjoy it, now is the time to sit down and enjoy it. No, just because. So it's both hemispheres. It's not just the rational. Exactly, but but when it comes to finding the most effective ways of doing anything, we use logic and science, and then once when we when when it's time to now enjoy the the fruits of our labor. Is to you, you know, that's a different thing for a different purpose. So it's the u- utilization and appreciation of both hemispheres yeah. of the brain. I mean, I mean, if we didn't enjoy our world, we wouldn't even be doing science because the whole point of science is to ch- figure out how to be li- live better lives. Right. So it's spirituality and rationality. It's both. Yeah, but what mm-hmm. my problem is in what is when one of them gets into the realm of the other. When you try to use your emotions okay. to find okay. out what's real. Okay. Fair. I agree with that. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, the only uh, – so I went through all the questions and most of the stuff we've covered and a couple of – most of them, the vast majority are just comments. But I do have one from Mike, so we'll end with this. Uh, he said, 99% of all created traditions are gone. Does it mean that there is anything good about the idea of tradition or the opposite? Um, and I'd add to that by saying – I'd quote Woody Allen, and he wrote – he said, tradition is the illusion of permanence. Mm. Right? Because this is the idea. We all want everything to stay the same. The tradition gives us that illusion that everything's staying the same when that's just not how reality works. So it kind of contradicts the whole idea of evolution and change and everything moving forward and progressing, as you said. Right, I I agree. But here's the thing that's why I thoroughly embrace postmodernism, which says exactly what, what you just said. There is an evolution, change is necessary, growth is happening. This is something that Hinduism thoroughly embraces. Um, mystical traditions generally should generally embrace change and evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it depends on what you do with traditionalism. If you're valuing where we've come from and the knowledge that the past has developed, 
and you're taking the good and letting go of the that which is destructive and no longer is obsolete, then that's fine. You're, I'm not a pure traditionalist, and I don't think anybody should be a pure traditionalist. Those are the pure traditionalists do yes. not want change. They do not want evolution. They want to keep everything the same. And that's not the way forward, for sure. You know, belief in leprechauns also allows change. Belief in leprechauns also doesn't have a problem with atheism and allows people to believe in different things and evolve and change. Here's the thing. I mean, if you smoke some DMT, I'll I'll tell you what, you're going to see all sorts of leprechauns. (laughs) Exactly. And it doesn't exactly. And it doesn't make leprechauns any more real. I dare you to say that. I I need you. Do you ever come up to Toronto for hunt? That's oh, actually yeah, a very good it's example. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, but I, I, I'm going to come back to Canada. Okay, so here's what yeah. we got to do. You got to come up here, all right? And then mm-hmm. uh, I I want to know about your experience. I want to know what it's like. So you and me and Samir are going to uh-huh. get together. Oh, for sure, bro. Hell yeah, man. Samir okay. and I will get babysitters during that time. Uh-huh. Uh, and we're just going to go out somewhere. Ali, if you come, ba- if you and come back and say that there's consciousness behind well, the universe, I'm going to. Go- I dare you. I, I, dare I may you come back. Ali, if you if you, you go, te- I'll if come you back go- and I'll tell Armin. I'm like Armin. It was really fucking persuasive. Go I can't do this podcast our, anymore. Our patrons, dear patrons, if you <laughs> guys, if I'm, uh, if uh, if you are interested in being a co-host on Secular Jihadists, if we lose Ali to Wu. Uh, there's a position <laughs> open. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's gonna be great. Okay. Oh yeah, Farhan, man, thank uh, you very much. All right. It's really late here in Toronto. I'm East. Co- Are you East Coast too? East Coast, totally. Yeah. Oh, so it's the same time. So we're right. we're yeah we're getting, we're getting really late. So I gotta go. Um, yeah, it's been very vibrant. Uh, I I, I just, it, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun to listen to on audio. Armin, I'm sorry if I was hard on you. Um, oh no! This but, is the most fun I had in. No, this is the most fun. This is okay. the most fun. Yeah, it was and, awesome. Yeah. I love the Yeah. Okay. So this was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to definitely come up to Toronto. We should all hang out together. And also, and if you Armin, come to you Vancouver, uh, let me know. Let's hang out. For sure, bro. For sure, yeah. absolutely, man. Anytime, okay. anytime. Lo- love and appreciate both of you. Keep doing what you're doing. And like I said, I I love the fact that the, that there's skeptics who are ex-Muslim, atheists that are ex-Muslim, yeah. challenging the ridiculousness of traditional religions and superstitions. So go for it. I think that it's awesome. Thank you. Amen to that. All That's right. great. And thank you, Mike and Moose. Uh, Mike is saying, I love such conversations. And Razib, uh, Moose, uh, we'll, we can't read any more questions. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys. Who else was in the live chat? Everybody else that left as well. Love you guys. And yeah. The Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends, write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions, or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you. (laughs) 